Blog Talk Radio. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. The Master's Voice has mirror channels on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighton, so be sure to check those. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. The Master's Voice has mirror channels on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighton, so be sure to check those out. You can find them by looking in the drop-down menu, which is just below the name of the channel. After every single video, there's a blurb underneath that tells you what the video is about. There's, um, there's links to go back to the main blog, the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, and then at the very bottom you'll see... Um, all the information about alternate channels because the alternate channels are where certain videos are hosted. You can't get those videos here anymore for obvious reasons because YouTube is really tightening the net on what we can talk about. YouTube is beginning to and has been for quite some time severely restricting speech. So it's not everything that I'm able to speak about here freely, but everything that God wants you to know has been captured here, I would say about 95%, and you can find the other 5%, about 26 or 27 prophecies concerning 2020, concerning what went on in 2020. What was it exactly? What was it that the entire world was asked and then coerced and then forced and then threatened to participate in? What was that that has disrupted the way of living that we know? Why was it done? Where is it heading? What were the outcomes from it? And what did God have to say about it? Those videos can be found on my medical playlist on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighton. But today, I'm going to be covering a well-worn theme here on the Master's Voice. This is, I would say, the central theme of this work. It talks about war that is going to come to America, civil war, and the rise of military military state, a military state in the United States. So we know that America is famously tagged as land of the free and the home of the brave. This is the tagline that goes along with the Star Spangled and every child is told these things from the cradle that America is um, the freedom fighter of the world, that America is the home, the cradle of democracy, that America will go out there as the white knight and defend injustices far and wide. But is this true? Is this true? Can this be proven to be historically true, at least in the last 50 to 60 years? Who has been the chief instigator of wars around the world? Who has caused the loss of life of hundreds of thousands of people? And the various female secretaries of state have come out and said, well, we see it as collateral. Isn't it interesting that thousands and thousands of thousands of people and their children have been bombed out of existence in Vietnam and here people watch this on CNN or they watch nostalgic reviews of these things because history is written by the victor but history does not stay written that way in heaven the final hour that is the final estimation of all America's actions has been taken by God and his estimation is that America is guilty of heinous crimes against other nations. No matter how many Hollywood movies are made here to depict it otherwise, this country is guilty of a lot of sin against others. And the end that the Lord has pronounced 
Please understand, this is not a suggestion. This is God's final prophetic utterance towards the United States that is not going to change or go away. God's estimation is very simple. It is out of his law, and it is that, as you have done to others, so will it be done to you. Today's prophecy came in parts because I had several dreams. Each dream was its own part, and there is only one part that is going to be made separately because the Lord said to make that prophecy separately, and that is concerning the worldwide queen of music and pop Beyonce. She will get her own prophecy separately because the Lord said not to blend it here, even though it is part of the dreams that I had in one night. Today's prophecy is called War, Civil War, and the America, the American Military State, February 24th. 2023 and so I will go to the second dream after I'd woken up from the first dream that I had about Beyonce and I fell asleep again I dreamt that I was supposed to go to a very important school dance but my mother didn't want me going and so I was at home um getting ready to go to this school dance and my mom went and sat herself in the living room to act as a gatekeeper because then from that place she could see all exits, front door, back door. I wouldn't be able to get out of the house without passing by her. So I didn't know she was doing this. So when I was ready, I just came through and I popped my head in to say, you know, I'm on my way now. And then she said, um, no, it's not time for you to go yet. And I, I, I tried to reason with her. I was like, mom, you, I told you about this event already. I told you that this is very important. And it actually started an hour ago at 8 p.m. And it's now past 9. And I have to be there. And she was she was so frustrated. And she kept saying to me, don't go, please. I don't want you to go. But I replied, Mom, it's important. I have to be there. I have to go. And so we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then the clock got to 9-11. And then when the clock hit 9-11, it stopped. So it, it stopped at 9-11, and then the numbers began to get very big and come off of the clock. So it was a digital clock with numbers in red. The clock began to blink, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, and then the numbers got very much bigger than the clock and came off the clock and then began to come towards me in the dream like this, 9-11, 9-11. And even though I was sleeping, I said, oh, no. I've been seeing this same 9-11 everywhere just like this. And then I woke up from the dream. And so the part of the dream that is speaking of my family, I will not really go into it because I already have the understanding of what it is. People act as if I am a fresh mango that fell off a tree somewhere and don't have family. But I know that the Lord was showing me that as I continue to carry out my calling as his mouthpiece, as I continue to fulfill and stand and speak the words that the Lord has put in my mouth, they will cover some very dangerous things. They will cover things that nobody who brings a daughter in this world wants their child to be involved in because they know what this country is like and they know what this nation does to whosoever speaks the truth and comes against the narratives, the mind games, the psyops, the lies that have been put forward for longer than my lifetime, such mind games and psyops and lies that its people at large 
seem to love and even take comfort in. America takes comfort in the ideology of her righteousness, which in reality does not exist. She covers herself with a false sense of security that she is God's own, when in truth, the nation is being rebuked from foreign seas as the false nation that it is, a nation that assumes righteousness and yet its walls are broken down. Its morality falls flat on so many issues and yet wants to stand at global podiums and tell other people how to live. I know that God was showing me that even if those who love me worry, I am supposed to stand and say what the Lord is telling me to say. And so concerning this 9-11, as soon as I woke up from this second dream, the Lord spoke and he said that America will have a 9-11 event. He said it will be another devastating attack. And he said that no external force will do this. His exact words, when you see this event, it is America doing it to traumatize America once more. Most people are not aware that the first 9-11 was a sacrifice and a ritual, a terrible blow on America's consciousness and the most effective means of sowing insecurity, fear, weakness, and xenophobia. That is the hatred of other nations, the hatred of other cultures, suspicion, feeling justified in suspecting someone just because they're a different ethnicity to you. And usually certain ethnicities have been singled out for this xenophobia, such as Asians and Arabs. Xenophobia, the Lord says, that has ever been done in this nation. Now, at this time, I will pause. I'm not sure if I should integrate into this message, but I think I will. Several other messages. When the Lord says another 9-11 attack, another devastating um, event, I have about three prophecies to that vein. So we might be thinking, well, Celestial, where is this going to be? Is this going to be Florida? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be um, on the East Coast? It is going to be on the West Coast. It is definitely going to be an East Coast attack because the Lord has already said multiple times that New York City is going to have another terror attack. He's already said that the place, the second 9-11 is going to take place, is exactly where the first 9-11 took place because he said that the consciousness of New Yorkers in particular is, go are, is going to be extremely bruised. He said it's going to be extremely traumatizing for New Yorkers because they are going to experience again the panic, the fear, the cluelessness, the terror, the terror, um, terrible feeling of not knowing what is going on. They're going to live through all that again. And God said that this is an internal false flag that is intended to usher in the beast system, which is also known by its other name, the new world final letter is a circle, and you know what that means. And so he says, having this done in the same place and to the same nation collectively is going to traumatize the nation. And God was showing me as I was up, just sleepy, but listening as he was bringing me into the understanding of this, the security measures that came into America, came into America largely on the back of the opportunity that the first 911 gave 
the nation, the nation's leaders, to implement things that the people would never accept on a good day. So on a good day, Americans know their rights. They know the different amendments. They know what they can and cannot do, free speech and the right to uh, movement and the right to have your whippersnapper, your uh, weapon of protection. People know their rights. Even if they're not fluent in the rights, people know what they can and cannot do, and people know what's guaranteed by the Constitution. They know that they have the right to call a lawyer. They know that they have the right to ask the, the police to show badge numbers and identification and things like that. And so they would never naturally agree to certain erosions of the rights that protect their person, protect their property, and protect protect their civil liberties unless there is what is called a mitigating factor or an overwhelming reason. A mitigating factor is I would always do this. Consistently, I would choose this. But in certain circumstances where the, the, the landscape has greatly changed and I don't know what's going on, I can easily be persuaded to change my choice to this even though when I'm secure, when I'm in comfort, when I'm dwelling in certainty and I've got both hands on the driver's wheel, I would never choose this in a million years. What's this? This is being able to search backpacks at the Staten Island Ferry, to just walk around the MTA and say, can we take a look in that bag, ma'am? To stop people on the street and frisk them, to stop them and call it a routine traffic stop and then end up shooting them somehow in that encounter and making it their fault when they're already dead. When we're in this realm, things from this realm don't happen. But when this realm is struck a terrible blow so that it shakes, or in some cases, as 9-11 was, because it was such a blow, it breaks. You are able to craft a new world here. And that is what they did the first time. But now we're going to take the world that's here, and we're going to move it here. The world that was originally here is off camera. It is now dead. You can be stopped and frisked. And it will not be called any kind of profiling. It will be called national security. We live in a world where, especially in a city like this, as you walk around and you are in various public spaces, you constantly hear, if you see something, say something. Call an MTA officer or just call a normal officer or just call and tell us what you have observed. We are already conditioned to think that we're supposed to be walking around making it our business to spy on one another and call it up and see I, see, I see a person walking their dog and they look suspicious. I see a person that I feel should not be in this building. And so I'm just calling it in. We're already getting geared up into that world that is going to merge seamlessly into the coming social credit system world. And so that old world of mind your business and be a good citizen when you have to it died on the back of 9-11. And the world that was here, the world nobody would choose of taking off your shoes at the airport and basically being stripped down and walking through that little radiation portal all the time to make sure that you're not an aisle this or an aisle that or uh, a terrorist in the making being scanned with infrared radiation to see, are you sweating too much? Could you be planning to do something? The way the TSA can just grab people by their arms and their legs and unceremoniously take men and women off flights as if they are bundles of dirty laundry. These things were inconceivable 
maybe 20, 30 years ago. But 9-11 changed all that. So that world, the world called A world, is now off camera. And B world that was here, that nobody would choose, is now here. This is not enough for the architects of destruction. And so God is letting us know that there is a final world coming. World C, the world of transhumanism, the world where you will own nothing and be happy, the world of smart cities, the world of green cities, the world of 12-minute cities. A smart city means that everything in that world, your fridge, your door, the doorknob, your smartwatch, everything will be tech. They will tell you that it's going to be tech-friendly, but actually it's only friendly to the leadership. It is there to monitor you. It is there to check your body temperature and check your facial movement to see she is 96% telling the truth and 4% keeping a lie behind her heart. Question her deeper. That's what the smart city will do. It will be presented as convenience, but actually it's a very well-decorated and smoothly set up rat trap for what is coming next. After the smart city, you will get the green city. We're already starting to experience this. We're being told that it's greener to not use certain types of fuels, and that's the big debate in the world today. But really, because they want to switch to energy that is not of this world. Yes, look at me now and roll your eyes. And then later, when your power is being provided by a fairy or a green stone that you will be told, we're just going to plug this into the house and it will keep everything running for about three years. You don't know where that stone came from. You don't know if it's actually Krypton, that Krypton, um, that Superman used to die from or whatever. But when these other alt texts show up, we will be told that that is the green way to live. However, the road to green is difficult because we have been living a certain way for a long time. And so power costs will keep getting higher and higher, and you will start to see storms in the teacup, like could your gas stove kill you? We know that you've been using it for 600,000 years, but could it kill you now? Let's all transition to this other greener stove. You're going to constantly see these things in the news. And this is why Christians need to calm themselves and root themselves in an understanding that is deeper, that is deeper than just following news blurbs. Oh, this is fulfilling. That is fulfilling. I always say to people, when things are fulfilling, you will never need to tell me because each and every single one of us will know at the same time that the Lord's words are coming to pass. Smart cities. Green cities, short cities, this is the locational limitations that will come with these new kinds of cities. We don't want you to travel too far out because it's not energy wise. Your car is contributing to carbon tax and this and that. They don't want you going too far from the home. It will be exactly the way people put a long leash on the dog and the dog can go certain amounts of space in the yard but he can't get outside the fence. This is the life, this is the world conceived ahead for us. But in order to bring world C to replace world B, because people are already at breaking point. People already get irritated at the airports with these long TSA lines. People already are showing frustration. People are bringing lawsuits. People are saying, how come that I coughed three times and now I'm on the no-fly list for the rest of my life? 
and things like that. 9-11 took away a lot of rights, but people willingly ceded those rights because they were afraid at the time. But it's been 20 years. People are not afraid anymore. This is why they constantly say, remember, America remembers. America is being asked to remember not so much for honoring what took place before. We're being asked to remember so that it stays at the forefront of the collective consciousness so that we don't forget. And the day it happens again, that old memory will be fresh and come racing back to the front. And this time when they say, we want to scan your pupils for you to enter the supermarket and buy food, we'll be like, uh-huh, because my pupil will pass the test, but the pupil of the evil people who did this will be caught and then we go into the world of retina scans, palm scans, things that I have already discussed in detail by God's mercy. Not because I read tech magazines, but because I have actually seen and dreamt and seen myself in that time. And that time is not some 50, 50 years ago. Please understand the pride, the pride of the ones who are doing this. They don't have 50-year lifespans. Christians, this is how you should think. If you're in some delusion that, oh, no, this is for my children's children. No, the people who are doing this are doing it so that they can enter into their fat-free, meat-free, smoke-free, carbon-free utopia. The carbon that they're talking about removing is we are carbon-based organisms almost 99% combustible in fire. When they say they're reducing carbon, they absolutely mean it, just not how we think. They don't have 50 years. All these people are getting quite up there in years. They fully intend to live in their electric car, fancy world. So they, they don't have 50 years for this to come to pass. Just a moment, please. They are working on it now, day and night. They are committed, and they are going to see to it by all their power and all their strength that they bring it to pass. And this is why the Church of Jesus Christ needs to strengthen itself in the Lord, because by the power of our God, his power, his might, is the only way that we can stand. The security measures forced in America after the first 9-11 were a dictator's dream. Search and seizure without a warrant, stop and frisk, increase of metal detectors, strip searches by the police for very small things as a means of intimidation and humiliation, excessive reliance on guns, and a steep rise in the overuse of force by law enforcement. Shoot first and ask questions later. The no-fly list exploded as citizens are now being dragged off of flights for very tiny things. The power of the air marshals and even common stewardesses now to humble and insult the people who pay their salaries is off the charts. Most of all, even the public institutions have an unhealthy amount of control. They have the right to require further information, invade your privacy, and there is overall in the United States now and in many countries that follow her example, a big brother oversight over people. Civil rights were highly contained. And since then, the parameters have only gotten tighter as each new administration remembers 
traumatizing the minds of Americans and reminding us constantly why we need their protection and need to maintain the, con- the, the level of overall control and military armament that we have now. Since 9-11, America has increased its wars, its foreign aggression, aggression, its political rhetoric, and has protected us, for they say that they serve and protect, and they have protected us right into the net of the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, the CDC, among many others. We are living in a literal spy nation where the government gives itself, I didn't say asks for, gives itself access to monitor everything down to your phone conversation and your shopping habits. And this is where big media, Facebook, Instagram, and all the other places you have given your thumbprint, eye print, and your full name and address, this is where they feed in. America consented after 9-11 to a highly xenophobic war because of the fear and the propaganda that followed this event. But the Lord said that after this new one that's coming, fear and propaganda will be ramped up to breaking point. So we can expect to see things like increased tracking and tracing after this. And the rollout of this thing that I was talking about several times last year called the real ID. You can expect to see lockdowns coming back. You can expect to see more frequent use of emergency measures, expanded powers for the White House, CDC, FEMA, the police, military, and anyone else who serves in any arm of government. The Lord says that it will be a system now of rule by decree. So we have the executive, and there's a process where you have to take things to the House and Congress, but all of that will be rolled out the window, and we will be back in the emergency measures lifestyle of 2020, where a law can be passed and kept in place indefinitely simply by a very small group of people determining that the need for that law still exists. So because it's an emergency measure, you can't go and debate it, and you can't bring it to Congress and say it's illegal because they will simply say it's in place because we are in a state of emergency. The Lord said that foreigners will be highly disgusted when they see how America is going to change. And this is what God said, expect to see the U.S. military out in the streets in full force as the order of the day. This means daily life. People in other countries are used to seeing the police on the street, especially if there's been a coup, especially if it's an unstable nation. People eventually get used to seeing their army out with weapons, and the children just get used to seeing weapons right in front of them. Americans are not used to that. Americans are not used to seeing police, army, SWAT, National Guard, special forces, whoever they are. I've always said that I do not know much about these things because it's just not my area. But what I'm trying to say is the section of this country that has the right to wield force within reason. Usually the soldiers will go off to war and you don't actually know any military unless they're your family or you work on the base or you are affiliated with the army, the navy, the air force in some way. But to see these people outside as a matter of course, to see them outside with their heavy armored vehicles, to see them outside maybe with tanks. One day, as God said, tanks will roll down the street of America as if this were Tiananmen Square. Please hear it. I'm not here prophesying to people about buying Shiba coin. I'm here talking about real things that are going to affect families, lives, that are going to affect 
that pacemaker that someone might have, your blood pressure, your cholesterol. I'm talking about things that will touch us in the skin, serious things that God wants the church to know because the church is going to be here for all of this. God is not taking anyone away just because war is coming to America. So the Lord says that we will see them out with their guns visible in full uniform and they will be ramping up the intimidations. This is speaking roughly to people. This is stopping you for no reason and just detaining you for 20 minutes. And you will think, at least the young people will, they will think that all the woke TikTok videos they've been watching, officer, what's your name? Officer, am I being detained? Am I being detained? Those dudes will tell you yes and book you for absolutely nothing. You will not have the right to call a lawyer. And if they want to keep you for two weeks unwashed in a cell, crying and thinking about your parents, they will. They will say that they're keeping you for the sake of national security. And national security, as we know, is more important than your tears. So all the stuff that people think, oh, we're getting this information, we're ready, and we're amped up, it needs to penetrate into someone's mind today that you are not prepared adequately, mentally, and emotionally, probably, for a world where you have no right. This is, this is the dissonance that I find. This is the dissonance that I meet the most. People really think that because America has always been one way, it's going to stay that way and there's going to be this static freezing of, I know my rights. You can know all the rights in the world. I just don't know if you are prepared, everyone who watches these videos, to enter into a world where the rights you know have been abrogated and they don't mean anything anymore. Your lawyer on speed dial doesn't mean anything anything anymore. He may not be granted access to you. You will just be held without bail, without trial, indefinitely. I've spoken of an America coming where people were literally deleted out of society and we were never told. This person has been executed for speaking against the state. Not only did we wipe out their little online armed bank account and take all their credits for treason, we shot them too without trial. We shot them because the Office of Citizens Affairs determined that they were a threat to the general well-being and peace of our utopia society. We were never told that people had been killed. I stated clearly that in the world, in the America coming, people will be taken away and their status will be called pending. They will simply appear in the national database as pending. You could go and look up your child thinking, at least if I could see an obituary, if I could just see an obituary, I'll feel that you will see your son's name, your wife's name, your husband's name, maybe your name written pending forever and ever and ever. It will never be updated to dead. We all knew in that time pending meant dead. It was never said because it was a sanitized society of rainbows, unicorns, and death. And nobody used scary bad words anymore. They just did scary bad things that everybody knew about and nobody ever said anything about, ever. That is what the beast system is going to be like. People think I'm just speaking futuristic TV. She watched this. I didn't watch this. There is a screen with me and I don't get to decide what goes on that screen. God shows it to me and it will be like that. And God is always telling me not everybody will even live that long to see what I'm talking about on this channel. 
The Lord said that the American war machine will be made fully visible to citizens. And he said that we will see for the first time what other people in other countries have always been seen when America goes over there to fight wars with them and to occupy them. The beast system will rely on this internal 9-11 as the perfect reason to swoop in and establish a completely different America than we've ever seen. Extreme security measures are necessary for national security. That is what we will be told. Whoever refuses to agree to agree with this. So now I'm talking to the coalition of lawyers who will start that you can't do this and we're going to do a class action lawsuit. Well, your lawsuit will also be pending because the Lord says that whoever stands to start resisting this stuff will be tagged. Whether they will tag people publicly, I don't think so, but they will be tagged as, tagged as enemies of the state. And in fact, this is where the tension between the American people and their own government is going to grow from. This thing is going to introduce new IDs, a new system of fingerprinting, palm printing, multiple layers of security. I'm going to stop here for just a moment. Those of you who have laptops, you have phones, and you have maybe um, accounts where you buy slightly more upmarket things like slightly more expensive phones and things like that. You may have noticed in the last three to four years something called two-factor authentication. Um, and they're saying that we want to make sure it's you. We know that you've had this email for 16 years, but now we want to make it safer than ever. We require you to put in a phone number, and then every time you log into your bank account or log into this email where you maybe buy um, lots of goods for your business, we just need to send you a little code, and that code will have special numbers on your phone, and then we want you to put that special number into your interface of the computer. And once you put that code in, we'll know that it's the same person who owns the computer and who owns the phone, and that's two-factor authentication. Well, the Lord showed me in the future that two-factor is going to go to body factor. They're going to want retina. They're going to want saliva. They're going to want other biometric data. They're going to want an imprint of the teeth. Please listen. So when we start to see the when we start to see um, the trending articles that come out of all the tech conferences, like in a few years you could have this, you will already know that these things are on the horizon about to be introduced into modern normal day society. This is why God said that they will go to Africa and attempt to highly develop Africa I said it in one of the videos that God said, when you see these people coming and starting to talk about, oh, no, that we want to give you the best Internet, faster Internet, to, because Africa needs development. Africa needs to grow. You need um, access to better Wi-Fi. You need access to better signal. And you guys need Africa so behind. We need a smart device in every hand. And they start going to all the schools and just handing out free iPads and free Samsung pads and free phones and everything like that. God says, Africa, because you are not fully wired, you are not an ideal sowing ground for the beast system. The beast system relies on false omnipotence. God is omnipotence. God is everywhere, all the time, at the same time. With me at your house, with your family members who may be out and about at this moment, God is everywhere, always 
Satan cannot even come close to being omnipotent. So the closest he can use is spying, monitoring, gadgets. These things that we use have something called metadata. They are little unknown tricks and tips that we leave about ourselves. I saw a tech guy speaking about this once, and I was amazed at how frank he was. He said that we have technology now that analyzes your eye movements when you're using your own computer. We are able to tell how long you look at an image for, what images you look at, how long you linger on a website. We can tell what gives you an emotional rush, a sexual rush, simply by your browser history. They're pulling tiny little pieces of you and me and building a composite, an idea of who you are and what makes you tick. And whenever someone is building a composite of you without your consent, don't think that they're doing it to surprise you later with something nice. They're simply looking at strong points versus weak points so they can know, where do we hit with this person? Are they into family? Will money get them? Or are they a very fearful person? Do they care this much about their health? Are we going to take them out with disease? They're looking not for strengths. They're looking mostly at weaknesses so they can know. We've grouped the health people together. We know that these people have systemic body weaknesses. We're going to take them out with this. These people are very family-oriented. Kidnap that one's wife. He's going to lose his mind. Kidnap her child. She'll do anything you want. That is what metadata is for. That is why when you're using your computer, they always ask, do you mind cookies? Do you mind this? Do you mind that? They're asking you, do you informally consent to helping us build our picture of who you are? And so this is what the Lord said that all the visible next steps of the coming AI-focused society of the beast is going to come on the back of this second event. So I was speaking about Africa, and I was saying because Africa is not connected, even South America, because certain parts of the world are not that integrated, not that connected. It is essential to build the omnipotence of the beast to make the beast as strong as it will be in Europe, to make it as strong as it will be here in the United States, equally as strong elsewhere. And so that's why they will come like Santa bearing gifts. But God said, especially the word he gave was for Africa, is just understand they're not developing you to develop you. They're developing you to underdevelop you, to depopulate you, to make you enough less that you are easily controlled. So hear the word of the Lord. You can receive it, you cannot receive it, but understand I will bring it here the way it's given to me, pulling no punches, even taking time to integrate many other messages because people don't want to take the time to invest for their own safety, apparently. Only a few people. Yes, it's intimidating to come to a channel and see hundreds of messages, but ask yourself, it took uncountable man hours of my life to prepare these messages for you. What are you so busy with? that you can't take the time to sit down, study, and integrate this. Your father, your mother, maybe you're a single father, you're a single mother. Maybe you're a young person. You're not too young if you're 16 or 19. This is not the season to be playing games with your life. This is not the season to be on Fortnite for six hours of a working day 
and yet you can't read your Bible for 20 minutes. It's boring and you're fidgety and you think that you are prepared to go and live in the wilderness without electricity or a vaping stick or access to 17 cups of coffee as some people need to say, oh yeah, now I'm ready to handle my day. Who's going to be brewing coffee for you in the bush? Who's going to be supplying the addicts their fixes? Is Amazon going to be delivering your Coors, Bud Light, in the bushes? The next. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. So um, I just wanted to get on here today because the Lord put this on my heart. Um, he has given me several messages about darkness. And you know what I realized? He's never given me the word three. And I didn't even notice it until, like, it popped in my head the other day. And I just started looking at all the messages. And I saw that he's never said three days. And <clears throat> it's possible it could still be three days, but he's just never said it because of Exodus. They had three days and, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to be gone because the restrainer when the rapture happens. Well, anyway, so he has told me, so I've never given dates on darkness. I know someone stitched me on that, but um, those were that person's dates, not mine. Just FYI, I saw some people commenting on it. But guys, no matter if somebody gets something wrong or you guys don't understand it, don't don't hate your neighbor, okay? God doesn't like scoffing and mocking. You're supposed to love your neighbor. And so much has changed, you know, the, with the calendar dates, the Lord has told me that. Um, so you just, you, you want to be careful just in case, you know, you never want to say anything that you're going to regret. You should always love your neighbor, even if they're wrong. Okay. Um, and the one true thing I do know is Jesus did die for us and he took away our sins. I do know that. And he is the son of God and he's also God. It's all in one. God has showed me that. But what I'm going to tell you is, I'm going to show you real quick what he had said about darkness, and then we can go from here. So on January 15th, he had said, um, wake up, O sleeper, darkness is coming. My chariots are hunting in the night. This is between good and evil, so do not go outside or you will die. Look at the sign of the sun darkening. There will be a halo around the moon. The evil has shifted. Stay inside. You will be protected by the blood on the doorpost. Um, death is here and he will be riding through the streets. Time is running out. Heed all my warnings. They shall come to pass. So that was the first part. And um, just to let you know, Revelation 6 talks about death rider, if you look at that. And it talks about plagues and, and the death. I think it's like the death horse or whatever. So, and I do know an exodus um, that happened with, with, I think someone had said it could be Passover, um, you know, with the blood on the doorpost. But I'm not sure. I, like I said, I don't know a lot. But I do know what God has taught me. And as far as the darkness, he just keeps saying the same thing about darkness falls. So, so February 7th, he said, Obama will rise and you will become, and you will over, be overcome by darkness. Keep watching. So what he told me originally was um, the rapture happens, darkness falls, Obama rises. I don't know if that's all the same time, 
but he's also told me um, EMPs, uh, uh, worldwide blackouts, and then February 18th, he said, my child darkness is coming. The sun will turn black during the day and a halo around the moon. China invades shortly after that. Russia never wanted to wanted this, but U.S. forced its hand. The northern lights will be seen in Alaska. And apparently there's a couple months in Alaska where they can really be shown, so that's kind of a sign. I'm calling you up. The dragon will not devour you. When the blackout arrives, take shelter. See, he showed me Revelation 12, the, the baby sim- symbolizing the chosen ones and, and Jesus. Um, and because we're all one in Jesus. I will protect the rest. I'm catching you up soon. Keep watching. I love you. Once the restrainer is removed, pray to me without ceasing. Confess your sins and I will forgive you. Believe in me. Lay your idols down. Pestilence and famine comes after darkness. Then on March 22nd, he says, and darkness will overcome the whole world. Electrical magnetic pause is coming. Blackouts everywhere. I'm calling you up. Um, it's not too late to pray to me, worship me, believe in me, and I will save you. War is coming. It is so soon. When the nukes go up, you go up. Then martial law, Obama, and power. He also talked about, uh, so after that, he said, the sky is luminous. I am shaking the heavens. I am shaking the earth. The rock is falling. Meteorites, pieces of fragments falling. The angel of light will appear. Darkness will overcome the world. Um... Let's see. Stay in your homes. Pray to me without ceasing. I'm speaking to my new believers. The church will be gone. So when the Holy Spirit's gone, guys, the restrainer's removed, you know, you're going to be praying and um, for protection. And the whole thing was, it's going to be very supernatural in the end times. The witnesses are going to have powers through the spirit of Elijah and Enoch is what, what I heard. Um, okay, and then also March 25th, at the end, he says, darkness falls, look up, keep watching the moon, redemption draws nigh. And obviously, there's a lot more to these messages, but I don't have time. See, I don't I don't have time to read all the words. Um, and then March 27th, my child, I'm coming. Lights will be everywhere in the sky. It will light up like the 4th of July. The northern lights will be colorful, emerald green. Wait for my coming. The north lit up and broken off. Maps severed. Darkness falls. Trumpets sound. Obama will rise and desolation will start. Time is short. The ninth hour is coming soon. Look at the clock. Does it tell time? Okay, and then there's just more after that. And then April 7th. Um, let's see. My child, I'm coming. I'm coming. There's no more time left. Don't don't wait to come to me. You don't want to be left behind. Destruction is about to come upon this world. Darkness is going to fall. After my chosen ones are gone, stay in your homes. Lock your doors. Doors. Pull down all curtains. Secure windows. Do not answer the door. Do not go outside. Death Rider will be in the streets between good and evil. Pray to me without ceasing. So, again, another darkness warning with blackouts and stuff. So, I do believe it's going to be very evil, whether it's really three days of darkness I don't know because he never actually gave the word three days and I really didn't even realize that until a thought came to my head to look it up um so I found that very interesting um and so there's definitely a message there you know when the when the people are gone 
it's going to be like hell on earth. It's going to be terrible. That's why you have to know Jesus. You have to ask him to come into your to your life, repent from your sins. You know, repentance is a change of mind if you look at the root word. So repent, come to Jesus, change your mind about not believing him and give him childlike faith, guys. It is your faith in his grace. Okay. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out and love thy neighbor. Okay. Just keep loving thy neighbor, whether or not they're right or wrong, you know, don't condemn yourself for, you know, judging somebody else because, um, you know, our reward's in heaven. It's not based on works to salvation, but I, I do believe, you know, works will play a role in, in our rewards in heaven. You know, we've got to look at our fruits. And you got to think about to a new believer, guys, who sees a Christian going after somebody very, very rude and negative. You know, you come with love and correction. And that's what the Lord, you know, has been showing me. And no one's perfect. We all fall short from his glory. So, but Jesus is amazing. You know, he died for us. He took away our sins. So, don't let anyone tell you that. He didn't, because he did. Okay, the Lord has me um, uploading all these prophecies from March, which I'm about to do um, the whole month, just to kind of show. But it's going to be on my YouTube, Seek Heavenly Things. And um, another prophecy was fulfilled last night. Um, On March 18th, the Lord told me, I was at dinner, and he said, uh, New England church fire, New England church fire. And I just heard it in my head over and over again. I was like, what is this? And I told my best friend, I was like, I just heard in my head New England church fire. And the Holy Spirit came over me. And then last night, um, one of the New England region, Massachusetts, um, had a church fire, a huge church fire. So, like I said, the Lord is giving me these random things to warn people because he's trying to wake people up because he is coming soon. Okay, have a blessed day, guys. Very disturbing dream, and I want to tell people about it because I believe it is a warning from God, a warning to the body of Christ, a warning to the world, particularly those dwelling in the United States of America. Many of you know that we're currently facing a lot of hostility in the country There's civil unrest, there's violence, there's looting, there's rioting, there's protesting, there's racial issues, all of these circumstances that are going on. On top of that, the virus, the CV-19 issues, people are dying from this virus, wearing the mask, not wearing the mask issues, the debates that go on and on and on and on. And then the lack of leadership that has been demonstrated in this country from our government, from uh, the state officials, from all of the the local levels, even defunding the police, it is insane, the country that we're living in right now with America. But I'm letting you know I'm praying because that's all I have. It's just to pray. But I want to let everybody know, Monday, this Monday, which was June 30th, I was disturbed all day. I got up in the morning, and I began to feel a burden in my spirit like like never before. I was really really troubled. I knew something wasn't right. I knew something was wrong. And when I say something wrong, something forthcoming that is that is going to be diabolically difficult, something very ugly, something dark that has happened. I could feel it in my spirit. I wasn't right. I was really, really bothered by it all Monday, all just disturbed Monday about it. Um, Tuesday comes, Everything is fine. We, I normally study to get prepared for Bible study. Pastor Marilyn was teaching Bible study that day. But I was extremely bothered 
by this situation. I have the dream on Monday night, June 30th is when I had the dream. That day, I didn't feel okay, and uh, I stayed up. I had a few things to do, things to catch up on some of my studies, and I decided I'm just going to go to bed. And I, in the back of my mind, I said in my heart, I, I wonder if God's going to deal with me in a dream because I, I can feel his presence, and I can feel an alarming, alarming presence from the Lord that I always feel when something is going to go wrong, something's going to happen, something deep, something disturbing is going to happen. And so I went to sleep. I went to sleep about 11 o'clock, and I had the dream. And I want to tell everybody about this dream because I, I want you to know what I saw. I'm deeply disturbed. And, and let me say something to you, too. I had a dream when President Trump was elected. God gave me a vision about the hostility something coming forthcoming in America, and lo and behold, when he was elected, the hostility happened, the whole nine. I also want to let you know that on this video channel, I have another prophecy of a dream that I had pertaining to the vaccinations, the COVID-19 issues, the one world government, the elitist, the police issue that is going on. I had this dream on May 5th, and I posted this also on this uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you'll see it momentarily. I'm going to post this video first. And then I'm going to post the video from May 5th of this year so that you can see that God has been dealing with me. I'm aware that people are posting videos, prophesying things, but I don't get my information from man. I get my things from God, and, and I'm very, very reluctant to disclose dreams and things like that unless I clearly have a conviction that it's going to help someone. And I just feel this dream is going to help someone, at least to let you know it is prayer time. We need to pray. We need to stay active. But here, here is the dream, and I just want to uh, discuss this dream with you. Um, in the dream, it, it was a dream dealing with America, and I saw three pastors. I don't know these pastors. I, I could not identify them. I cannot even tell you what their nationality was. But one thing was clear is these pastors knew each other. They were connected, but they weren't talking to each other. Each pastor, strangely, was sitting in a chair. The chair looked very royal. It was a royal-looking seat, as if a king would be sitting in a type of chair like this. And all three of these pastors were separated from each other, uh, and they were high up, I'm going to say probably close to 15 feet above a normal stature of a man that would maybe 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 6 feet, or what have you. And they were sitting very quiet, not moving. And they each in their right hand had a torch. And each of the torches had fire just extending from this. In the dream, I was there and I was sitting behind, if you can understand, if you're facing uh, this, these three pastors that were sitting, they were elevated. They were not sitting on any floor. There was no floor. They were elevated as if to say in the air, and beneath them were masses of people. These pastors were not gigantic, but they, they were normal looking like human beings that were elevated. Their chairs were sitting on pure air. Four, four legs on each chair, and beneath them I saw massive amounts of people, and it was, it was dark, and I could hear noises of, of just people moving. And clearly I understood in the dream that there was pandemonium, there was panic, there was turmoil, there was chaos. 
And the people were yelling at each other. People were arguing with each other. People were calling each other names. And it, it just got so violent. And I leaned behind well, the, the three seated pastors and I said to my heart, why aren't these pastors saying anything? They were completely still, looking straight ahead, not looking down at the people, looking straight ahead, holding these torches that were just flashing fire from each of the torches. And I have the understanding that the, these three were connected, and they were strategically sitting in three separate areas of the United States. All, all And they, their chairs were just barely high, probably about 15 feet in air or so. I, I don't know that I understand what I saw. But all of a sudden, when I kept saying in my heart, these these pastors, I don't understand why they're not saying anything to the people. There's chaos down there. And because they didn't, I said in my heart, I need to go get my wife. I need to make sure my wife is okay. And right when I made that decision, I heard people robbing each other. They were breaking into each other's homes. People were trying to steal things from cars on the street. People were stealing food. People were... were absolutely trying to take things from each other, and they were doing it by force and willing to die for it. And all of a sudden, I looked at them, I said, what is going on? I grabbed my hand, and I said, what is going on? And all of a sudden, above me, I heard a loud voice say, bloodshed. And as soon as I heard that voice, immediately people were shooting each other. They, they were carrying guns in the street. There was no police anywhere to police this issue or to bring order. It was complete chaos of what was going on. I, and I did not understand this, and, and it just freaked me out so bad. And all of a sudden, my eyes popped open from sleep. And when my eyes popped open, I was so disturbed with, with, with what I saw. And I said, Lord, what is this? And immediately, I started praying, and, it, and I looked at the clock. It was 3 a.m. in the morning. I knew that my wife had to get up early, and so I thought, I'll just wait to help her so she can get situated when she gets up early and, and uh, just try to reason what I had just seen. And somehow, some way, in the midst of my disturbance, I fell asleep again. When I fell asleep again, I saw the same three pastors. This time they were bigger and they were higher. I saw the people. It was dark. There were no lights. People were trying to find lights, and there was no lights to find anything. And because of the darkness, the incapability to get any lighted areas, pandemonium broke out. Hysteria broke out. I saw people arguing in parking lots, shooting each other. I saw people in, in neighborhoods standing out in front of their houses, shooting each other. It was crazy what I saw with this. I, I was so disturbed. And I looked up and I said, God, please help us. Please help this chaos that is going on. And all of a sudden, I saw China and Russia coming into the United States of America. I, I don't know that I understand it, but they, they were military. They were uh, uh, soldiers. And they were coming in to maintain the peace. I don't, I don't know where the U.S. military was or anything like this, but they were coming in, 
And what they were doing was putting people in concentration camps. They were arresting people. Chinese soldiers and Russian soldiers were arresting people, and they were taking guns from everybody. I, I grabbed my face and I said, what? I said, what are Chinese soldiers and Russian soldiers doing in America? As soon as I asked that question in the dream, immediately I heard the Lord shout, and he said, September, October, November. He said, warn the people. And I woke up. Everybody, let me tell you something. All day, that day, we had to get prepared for Bible study. I was very quiet. I, I told Marilyn, you need to teach tonight. I'm, I'm in no condition to teach Bible study. Thank God I have a powerful woman of God that is a praying person. She's a wonderful teacher. So she taught Bible study on July 1st. During that day, when I got up in the morning on July 1st and I'm having this dream, I immediately ran to my office and started praying, asking God for the interpretation. And he gave it to me. Hear the word of the Lord. The three pastors represent the trinity of God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In the middle was a pastor representing Christ. Why pastors? Because pastors are to speak the word of God, teach the people, preach to the people about the forthcoming of Christ. But there was dead silence from these pastors. On purpose, they had no intention of speaking. But God let me know this represents the Trinity where it is right now. There's not being given speech to pastors Right now, for the normal conditions of preaching, right now, we are to be preaching, get ready for the return of the Lord. I had the clear understanding from God that this Trinity, why these men were holding the scepters with fire in there, was to show to the people, because there were Christians also out there, down there in the chaos, fighting violence, trying to survive, protecting their homes, shooting. And I had the understanding that the Lord had the, these fires to let them know he is still able to solve this problem if the people will turn to him. And so because no one was turning to these pastors, no one was turning to him, no one would look up. The fire was there in case someone would, so they would know the way. This is the interpretation that God gave me of that. But he also let me know that September, October, and November are going to be months of great turmoil in the country. Great disturbance. Isn't it interesting that this is also the time when the heat of the election will begin to really aspire the activities will begin to really become aggressive because the election is taking place in November. The Lord told me to tell the people, turn to him now. Come to the Lord. I feel very led to tell you people are going to die. There's going to be shootings. There's going to be robbings. 
I saw stores literally out of food. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you with this drink. I don't get like this normally unless the Lord is dealing with me. And the, the situation is, is really dire straight. This country's on the verge, just a pin drop, and we're in a civil war. Some of the things that are going on with all the racial hostility, all of the massive hatred. Yet progress is being made to some degree, but on the local levels with the common people, there is still rigid aggression of racial injustice, racial prejudice, racial anxiety. People are nervous. People are afraid. And it just broke. For some reason, something set this off, and it started slow in September and moved to, a, to an outright pandemonia, chaos, turmoil taking place in the country. I wanted to come online and share this dream because I wanted to record it. Now, if, it, if this doesn't happen, I'm perfectly capable to live with it because I'm very disturbed in my spirit. I don't want this. I don't want this in our country at all, but I have been saved a very long time. This is not the first time God has dealt with me. God showed me the stock market crash when Obama was in administration. It showed me that it would crash during his administration, and it did. God showed me in his second term he would let a lot of Muslims into the country through manipulation of government stature and, and uh, statute, manipulating of contract and law. And he did. God showed it to me that this man would do this. He also showed me that the, that the alliance between him and Hillary, and I spoke about it, would cause detrimental chaos, underground contractual obligations to demise America. And it did happen. Whether, whether you want to believe it or not, because it's not being publicized, all you've got to do is Google the trials. It was straight up tyranny. This is amazing what is going on. And, and in this dream, somehow I have the understanding that President Trump just was not empowered to, to take control of the thing. He was restricted, completely handcuffed with his authority to do anything. This is the understanding that I had. And, man, this dream was so real. It just really troubled me. At, at what I saw, I saw black, whites, Asian, purple, all kind of people just an adversarial to each other, outright like a, a like it was a war zone. I just want to say to everybody, the words of our Lord Jesus, man. He said. That one of the signs of the end of the world and one of the signs of this coming, there would be commotion. If you look that word up, it means utter chaos, disturbance, turmoil. He said there will be commotion. Oh, we know about the pestilence, which is the virus, disease. He spoke about that too. But he also spoke about commission. Uh, sorry, commotion, not commission. Commotion. He spoke about that. I just want to ask everybody, man, if you're saved, are you living holy? If, if, you, if you have any disparity in your walk with Christ, this is not the time to be sinning. 
our Lord is coming back, man. And more and more when I read the scripture, when he said, the Son of Man will come in an hour when you least expect. I shudder to think, should the Lord come at a time when chaos, pandemonious shootings is happening and all those type of things and snatch the church off the earth? Is it possible? Oh, yeah, it's possible. Every end-time prophetic scenario that has been prophesied to forthcome has been fulfilled. The red heifer is in Israel. It's already there. That used to be one of the major pillars that everybody was waiting for to see if that would take place. But they have thousands of red heifers now in Israel ready for sacrifice during the tribulation period. The third temple can be built in three days. They have, they have technology now that will allow them to erect the temple for worship for the Jews in three days. It's debatable if it's on the, the Dome of the Rock or not. I don't want to get into that. But we do know that a third temple will be erected during the reign of the Antichrist in the tribulation period. I am convinced emphatically, and I'm going to go on record to say this, that the current Pope Francis is in fact the false prophet that will assist the Antichrist. I don't know who the Antichrist is. Nobody knows. But I believe he is alive and well. And I believe we're at the door of a simple transition to change in, unto the one world order to force vaccinations that will have the, bi, the biometric chip inside the vaccination. Oh, yeah. Bill Gates was... He's out there very bold talking about every person needs to be ID'd, every person on earth needs to be vaccinated. I want to say something to everybody to watch for as well that we're not hearing any talking about. If you notice on social media, there has been a lot of signs by businesses posting, we have no coinage. Please bring exact change or please use your debit card or your credit card. But we do not have coins. So if you purchase something, you have to have exact change. We will not be giving coins back. We don't have any. This is beginning to pop up and pop up and pop up and pop up. When I'm, the reason I'm mentioning this is let everybody know. Slowly but surely, the economy is aggressively being pushed very quietly toward a cashless society. There are many businesses now that are putting up signs. No cash. We only accept credit card and debit card. Folks, we're in the last days. We're in the last hour, actually. The Lord is coming back, man. Please, I'm begging you. If, you. if you're backslidden with Christ, come back to Christ, man. Just ask the Lord to come into your heart and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, for my digression and my transgressions. Have mercy on me, God. I want to be saved. Amen. Forgive me of my sins. Satan, I denounce you. I break your authority over my life to cause me to sin against God, cause me to be tricked. I bind you right now. Get out of my life in Jesus' name. And then thank the Lord. Praise him. Give him glory. Give him praise that your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Until next time, this is Apostle Charles Turner III. Almighty God, Almighty Jesus, 
mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, mighty Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, what an awesome God, what a great God we serve. Thank you, Lord, thank you, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God, praise you, Jesus. We thank you, mighty Lord, we thank you, mighty God. Shalom, shalom. My brothers and sisters, welcome to the Lord's Tower. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here to share his word and his revelation. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to begin in Luke 21. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. And then we're going to go from, from, from the end to the beginning and then to the beginning to the end. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. God is so awesome. God is so great. Such a such a great God we serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Luke 21, 17 says, And ye shall be hated for, by all men for my name's sake, but that you're not a hair of your head perish. Thank you, Lord. And your patience possesses your soul. Verse 20. And when you see Jerusalem compassed with army, then know that the desolation there is nine. Verse 21. Let them that are in Judea flee to the mountain. And let them that are in the midst, hallelujah, it is depart out. Let not them that are in the country enter into. You know, if you, if you consider what Jesus is saying there in verse 21, you find out that he's given them a wisdom advice that when you see these things happening, hallelujah, do not try, do not try to enter in. Flee from Judea. These are the part of Israel that will be mostly attacked. If Israel will go to war with any nation, these parts, Judea, hallelujah, you will be better off fleeing to the mountain to have them to have the mountain as a, as a protection in your life if you, if you are in Judea. And let them that are in the midst, in the middle of the city or in the middle of the country, depart out. Go to the outside part and not let them that are in the country enter in. If you're already in the outside, in the outer edge where the mountains are, don't try to go back to the middle of the city, Jerusalem, because the missile will be heading right to the middle. It's what God is saying. You'll be better off in the outside, verse 22. For these are the, the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. God is teaching the people that will be in Jerusalem and the, and the great tribulation. He's given them, as people read the Bible, I, I, I'm pretty sure God will begin to enlighten them, especially those that will, those that will be in Jerusalem when they see the word. Uh, the word, the the Psalm 83 word uh, began to happen. The rabbis have been looking for that. The people in Israel have been looking for that. Hallelujah. Uh, some people call it World War III, uh, which is, I don't believe it is. It is just the Psalm 83 where Jesus Christ himself will fight with the Jewish army. And God has shown this to me. Praise you, Lord. But it's, God says that these, for these are the days of vengeance. It is God taking vengeance of an Israel enemy. That's why God is going to allow them to come in and to begin to launch their missile against Jerusalem because God wants them to begin first. He's a righteous judge. 
He's not going to judge the nation unless they go ahead and rise against Jerusalem, Israel. But in the moment they begin to do this, immediately they become under judgment, and God will begin to destroy them. Then all things which are written may be fulfilled. See, the word of God has to come to pass. God said that they will be doing this through his prophet in the last days. So God will be looking for them to do this. And the moment they begin to bombard Jerusalem, Israel, immediately God will intervene and begin to destroy them. And the people will not say, why, why is God destroying these nations that are coming against Israel? Okay. Beforehand, no, God's going to let them come into the land. God's going to let them come into the land. It's like when you read Revelation 20, the devil will come in a camp, the holy city of God. Okay, after he released for a thousand years, he goes to God and Magog, to the four corners of the earth, to God of them to come to the battle, okay, against the holy city of God, Jerusalem. And in the moment they are camping, their feet are in the land, and they're ready to launch a missile, a bomb against Jerusalem, fire comes from heaven and consume them. God's going to let the devil, God's going to let his enemy do what they're going to do, get to the land, holy land, to do this. Like he's going to put a hook on the Antichrist in these last days, bring him, having come to the Holy Land, and the moment he stepped on the Holy Land, what did God say to Moses? Remove your sandal, the land that you stand as holy. They're not going to remove their shoes, their boots, the military boots. They're going to come in dressed as a soldier with the military boots, that, which they're not going to remove. And then the moment they step in the Holy Land, Judgment come upon their head. Oh, God, have mercy. If they only knew the word, if they only could understand the Bible. Thank you, Lord. Verse 23. But woe unto them, looks uh, 21, 23, that I with a child unto them that give suck in those days, for there should be a great distress in the land and wrap upon this people. Judgment will be upon their head. The moment they step in the holy land, huh? Judgment will be upon their head. They, can, they will not escape. They cannot even turn back. That's how serious God is. That's how angry Father is. They cannot even turn back to the U.S. or back to Germany, back to England, back to China, back to Japan. That will be the last move this generation is going to make, brothers and sisters, because the word of God will have to be fulfilled. God's going to kill each and one of them. Revelation 19, he calls all the verse of the year to come and eat the flesh of the cat and great and small. All of them are going to be slaughtered by God right there. And he calls all the verse of the year to come and eat their flesh. They're not going to escape. Hallelujah. Luke 21, 24. And they shall, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword. <laughs> Revelation 19, he that comes on the white horse, he comes ready to make war. To come, he comes ready to slaughter them. God's going to slaughter the army. God is going to slaughter humanity that he himself has made. Why? Because of their sins and their disobedience, their blindness to the holy things of God, to God's people. They shall fall by the sword of the edge and shall be led away captive. And Hallelujah. And shall be led away captive into all nations. Every single nation is going to participate. Every single nation army will be destroyed. They're not going to escape. God's not going to let them escape. Huh. Praise you, Lord. Once that fish gets into that net, or once that fish gets into that hook, that's it. He cannot escape. Thank you, Lord. In Jerusalem, to be thrown by, <clears throat> excuse me, 
and Jerusalem shall be thrown down by the Gentile until the time of the Gentile will be fulfilled. Jerusalem, hallelujah, is going to come under the control of the Gentiles' nation, under the control of, of the United States, under the control of China, and to the control of Japan, and to the control of Germany, and to the con- under the control of Russia. All the UN nations will have control of Jerusalem, brothers and sisters, according to the Bible. Hallelujah. Jerusalem, specifically Jerusalem. And there's a reason why they're coming against Jerusalem, because it's a city, it's a city of Christ. It's a city of God. It's a city of God, the Bible says. It's a city of the Lord. And they want to have that power. They want to have that control. And that is totally disobedient. Hallelujah. That is, hallelujah. They're making a statement against the Creator. And that's why the Creator has said it this way through his prophet. And none of them, and I'm going to bring you through the Old Testament and show you that through the Old Testament, the Old Prophet, God has said this, that they will not escape. Not even one country will escape, brothers and sisters. And shall be trodden down by the Gentile until the time of the Gentile be fulfilled. God is giving all the Gentile nations a time, a time. And it's called a seven in the book of Daniel, a, a three and a half, a three and a half year of seven great year of tribulation, brothers and sisters. That is the only time God has given them. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Because God rested. God finished all his work on the seventh. He's going to finish it. Hallelujah. Just as he said in the beginning, he finished his work in seven, at the seventh day. God rested from his work. That's the beginning of the thousand-year reign with Christ. There's nothing new under the sun, remember. Verse 25, and there should be a sign in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. We should be looking for the sign. Why, why are we looking for the sign in the sun and the moon and the stars? The sun, the moon, and the stars are giving us signs that this is about to happen. How do we know, Brother Elvi? Look what scientists are saying. Hallelujah. The solar flare, the solar flare, the change in the moons. The stars falling, stars falling. Look at all this clear sign that God has given through nature, that God has given through NASA with, that, with those great telescopes that they can see the solar flare, they can see the change in the moon, they can see the star, the stars falling. These signs are clear today with the technology we have today, brothers and sisters, happening. Hallelujah, right before our eyes. So God said there should be sign in the sun and the moon and in the start, three specific places, if we can call it, that we can look to for these signs. We can look through NASA study of the moon, of the sun, and of the stars. And we can see the changes. Hallelujah. Space is changing. Hallelujah. And upon the earth, the stress amongst the nations. Now, if, you, if it's hard for you to follow the sun, the moon, and the stars, then follow the stress upon the earth. What, hear what the nations are saying against nations. Look how the nation is, is getting prepared for a nuclear war bro, against each other. They're about to bomb each other with nuclear weapons, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. And then a nuclear weapon, it don't matter how small Korea, North Korea is. It don't matter how small the nation is. Once a nuclear bomb goes off, that is the end of all story. No one has control of a nuclear weapon. None. No one has control of it. And in the moment it explodes, that's the end of the story. 
no matter who's in the CFS or US, Russia, OS, or China, they will be gone. They they will be destroyed. The vessel or their arm will be destroyed. No one can escape a nuclear weapon. So it's a nonsense of them to try to bomb each other with nuclear weapons, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. But God says, and upon the earth distress among the nations. The distress upon is on the earth, in which nation coming against nation, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, and with perplexity the sea and the way roaring. Now, that is great tsunami in the horizon. You hear that every time there's an earthquake, great tsunami are being announced that are coming to the land. Hallelujah. We're great. We're perplexity. We're clearly uh, understood or clearly viewed because you see those maps in the weather station. You can see uh, they measure the way. They measure, hallelujah, the, the, the wave of, of, of the tsunami, uh, the wave of the earthquake, and they'll they, they be able to tell how high it is. Brothers and sisters, the degree of the damage that it can cause, all these things are very clearly. So God is pointing out the technology in the last days. That perplexity is what is being revealed clearly to see. The seed and the way roaring, roaring sounds. And everyone will tell you that before there's a great tsunami, there is a great sound, a great, great roar, like a lion. Okay, like a lion. It's, it's coming out and people can hear them. And that is a, a, a specific or a, a, a clear sign that a mighty tsunami is about to hit. God's been speaking to uh, Brother Ephraim and many other prophets that this meteor is about to hit the earth, brothers and sisters. I've been getting Ephraim email and I've been reading it. God is urging the nation, especially the nation of Puerto Rico, the nation of the United States and the rest of the nation, that a mighty, mighty tsunami is about to hit. Yesterday morning, the Lord showed me a tsunami had hit the United States of America. This is a warning that I'm giving out tonight. I saw the great damage that this tsunami that is about to hit the United, the eastern part of the USA. I'm talking from Florida all the way to Maine. There was such a mess in each one of the states. They were all practically destroyed. Millions have lost their lives, according to what I saw. It was mud everywhere, yellow mud everywhere. Upon where they're supposed to be city, the house were wiped out by this great large tsunami. Hallelujah. I believe that this meteor that Ephraim is talking about, brothers and sisters, it, it has to do, it has to do, Hallelujah. This meteor will cause this great tsunami. I don't see any other way possible. But God showed this to me. And, and the question that the Lord was answering me yesterday morning by showing me this large tsunami hitting the eastern part of the United States, brothers and sisters, was the question whether we are going to see judgment comes before we are raptured. And the Lord's answer was yes, yes, yes. And I'm sorry for those that disagree with me. But that's why we take things in prayer to the Lord and we wait to hear from him. Shalom, Sister Sanjay. It is very, very important that if we disagree on something that God has told us, we take it in prayer, brothers and sisters, and in fasting. And we seek the Lord to lead us, to reveal to us, to tell us how are these things are going to come about. We don't know. Remember that we are his servants. 
We don't know the outcome. We don't know. We don't know the timing, brothers and sisters. We may know the season by the word, but we don't know the timing. And we know this is the season. We, we've been waiting because God has been warning us that these things are about to take place. But none of us can point out a finger and say, it's going to happen this month. It's going to happen this day. It's going to happen this hour. We're all waiting on God. He has the ultimate power to cause all this thing. So the Lord was confirming to me that, yes, we're going to see this before we are taking home. We are taking home in the rapture, brothers and sisters. I believe this is the judgment he has shown me up in Massachusetts. Hallelujah. That he's going to use to awaken the sleeping bride. There is a sleeping bride that if Jesus will come today, she will not be ready to go home because she's sleeping. Everything is great. Everything is wonderful, brothers and sisters. And people are not underneath crying out to God because they have the abundance they want, they need. Hallelujah. But God is going to take away the comfort, what their comfort is on their food and all that stuff. And God's going to make it very uncomfortable for them. Okay, and have them turn back to him. It's what God wants to do. He wants to have them turn back to him, humble themselves before his, 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 hallelujah, their face, and seek him. Seek the Lord with all their heart, not their own understanding. Problem if you have a lot of people living on their own understanding, that will bring confusion because it's not what God is saying. It's what they understand to know, okay? And that's what we mostly hear a lot of times, human understanding. And so everyone is leaning on their own understanding, but the Bible said we should not, should not. We to seek the Lord to lead us, brothers and sisters. Praise your Lord. God have mercy. Thank you, Lord. So all these things, hallelujah, are about to begin. Verse 26, men's heart will fail them. Here's the problem. Hallelujah. Our understanding can fail us. Our understanding can fail us. Our body can fail us. Now, also, our heart can fail us. Imagine people trusting on what they don't understand with their heart. Now, not remembering that their heart can fail them. Their understanding can fail them. Their feet can fail them. They can fall down. Brothers and sisters, their car can fail them. Their home can fail them. Their AC, their heater can fail them. Everything down here fails us, brothers and sisters, including our own heart. Our own heart. There's evil more than all things God said to the prophet Ezekiel. So we have to be very careful. Verse 20 says, men's heart will fail them for fear, and, hallelujah, for fear, fear will get hold of them. No wonder the devil uses so much fear to make people's heart fail them. That sounds to me like heart attack. There's a lot of people having heart attack. It's one of the, one of the uh, deadly causes around the world, heart attack. Hallelujah. Men's heart will fail them for fear and for looking upon those things which are coming upon the earth. So, you see, men will be standing looking at these things, many of them because they're not right with God. Their heart will fail them. Hallelujah. For the power of heaven to be shaken. This is when Satan and his demons are cast out of the heavenly places. Hallelujah. And that's the beginning of the great tribulation. That's when the great tribulation, God has shown me, will begin when all these demons are thrown down back to the earth again. God's not going to leave them in the heavenly places. They're going to be cast out very soon, brothers and sisters. And that's also in the word. And so when they're cast out, hallelujah, and men began to see all these things happening that they never seen before, and like it will never be again. That's the great tribulation. 
hallelujah, their heart will begin to fail them for the fear and looking upon those things which are coming upon the earth, for the power of the heavens shall be taken, shaken, shaken, shaken. God is going to shake all things, brothers and sisters. God is going to shake all things. Verse 27, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. You see that that's the end of the, of the seven-year tribulation? Because God rested on the seventh day. It's at the seventh day when he finished all his work. This one, God says, enough. It is done. It is fulfilled. That's the final word of God out of Jesus. It's done. It is fulfilled. That's it. Verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nine. Well, we, we already see in, this is why our redemption has drawn nine. It's so close now. Because we already began to see, brothers and sisters, most of these things right in front of our eyes, brothers and sisters. This is why we know it's so close. Because a lot of people say, but how do you know things are so close? Well, uh, Jesus has given us, hallelujah, the word to study or the, or the understanding to know how close these things are. Because, hallelujah, praise your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why our redemption is so nine, it's so close. Because most of these things, rumors of war, are all, are all happening every day in front of us. Nation coming against nation. Those signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars. All these things are happening today. Are have been happening in these past months and past years. So this is why we know we're so nice, we're so close for Jesus to take us on, the bride of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the tribulation people, the tribulation saints, they have a seven year to look for, forward. They have a timing that they can say, well, God says in the book of Daniel, it's seven year, once they're in the seven year tribulation. But with the bride of Christ has to follow the sign of the sun, the sign of the moon, the sign of the stars, the distress on the earth, nation coming against nation. We have our sign. We're looking for our sign that we'll see happening every day that that tells us clearly that Jesus is about to return. Clear understanding, church. Church everywhere, in Asia, church in the Philippines, hallelujah, church around the world have the clear understanding that Jesus is about to come because they can read Matthew 24, Luke 20, 21, and read, and read the, the, hallelujah, what the Lord said that we will see before his coming, and all the signs are there. Got to follow the signs. And the Bible says, look up, look up, lift up your, eye, your head. Look up and lift up your head. I don't know how much time you spend looking up or lifting up your head to the cloud. You, you, may, you may want to put a, a chair on your porch or on your, outside your house and sit back and begin to look up to the cloud. You may want to buy yourself a telescope and begin to tilt your head up and just look to the cloud. You may need to do that. You may need to take notes of the things you see. I just saw today, hallelujah, and it was a sign in the cloud, a clear sign in the cloud. Hallelujah. It looks like a falling star again, like the one that I had just had in Russia the other day. It just happened today, and someone caught it on camera and, and put it on, on, on YouTube. It is so clear, so clear. And, and he said, well, how can people not see this? Things are happening, brothers and sisters. And people all over the world are capturing it on camera and putting it on YouTube for people to see. The signs are clear. The signs are very clear, brothers and sisters. So lift up, uh, look up and lift up your head, the Bible says, for your redemption draw nine. Verse 29, and he spoke 
to them in a parable. Hallelujah. A parable is another form of understanding that God will speak to us. Uh, it is said it's in an imaging way of speaking. Hallelujah. Oh, in a, in a in an imaging is what I have in mind. Behold the fig tree and all the tree. In, in other words, using something simple, something that is related to us since we're, we're born, since we're little. A parable is an excellent way, teacher, to teach a message to someone. Behold the fig tree, that the, the disciples were related to the fig tree in Jerusalem, and all the tree, hallelujah, in all the tree, not just the fig tree, because a lot of people say, but fig tree are mostly in Jerusalem. Well, we, we, yeah, we may not have one in the U.S. or around the world, but you know what? We have the rest of the trees that Jesus said, in all the trees, all the trees. So if you don't have the fig tree where you live, you, have a, you may have other trees that you can look at and see the reaction on nature, how things are changing quickly. Brothers and sisters, he spoke to them in a parable, behold the fig tree and all the tree. That's Luke 21, 29, in case you're wondering. Thank you, Lord. Verse 30. But when now had a tutor forth, me tutor for ye to see and know of your own self that summer now, hallelujah, now night at hand. So the trees will give you a sign, and this is how we know that summers are close because you got the flowers in April, brothers and sisters, and the flower. Before, hallelujah, the fruit. Before you get the fruit, you get the flower. And uh, when you get the, the flower, you get the fruit. And the fruit began to grow. We are fruit in God, brothers and sisters. The, the flower is a sign of man's glory. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, okay? So you'll see man's glory, hallelujah, they're either going to be fruitful or they're going to fall. You got two ways. The flower can be fruitful and the, the flower can can, can, hallelujah, can fall down, brothers and sisters. Not, ev not every flower will be a fruit. The planet God is for everyone to be a fruit. But some will, will be a fruit and some will fall down. Someone will go bad. Someone will damage, brothers and sisters. Praise your Lord. And for the harvest, for the harvest to be ready, this process has to go through. We have to go through testing and trial. We as a flower in God, our glory has to be Jesus. Because if our glory is money, that's why the glory of man is like a flower. That is one day and one day is gone. It's gone. It's gone, says Proverbs. So our glory has to be Jesus. Because our glory will never fade out. If our glory is Jesus as a flower, we will never fade out. We will never die. But if our glory is money, if our glory is power, if our glory is something else but than God, hallelujah, we won't be fruitful. Our fruit will never come out. God meant for us to be fruitful. God meant for us to be fruitful. So this is one of the signs that we follow. Are we being fruitful or we are being damaged to die away? Praise your Lord. God don't want either, either, either one for us to be. God wants us to be fruitful and multiplying. That was the message in the garden. Be fruitful and multiply. Not just be fruitful, but multiply. Praise the Lord. Praise your God. Lead others to Christ. That's the multiplication of God. Verse 31. So likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. 
Praise your Lord. Praise your God. In Second Thess- uh, First Second Thessalonians two, you read that be careful of those that say that the kingdom of God is at hand in regard to the Antichrist. And people tend to have a, a, a not a right understanding of the warning that they get in there because it says I'm gonna go there quickly and just show you what I mean to, what I say when I mean when I say that Second uh, Thessalonians verse two, this one read this for it because a lot of people ha- don't have a clear understanding what the whining of the apostle Paul. Hallelujah! It's in Second Thessalonians two. It says that ye be not uh, soon shaken in my or in trouble, neither by spirit, neither by word, nor by letter, as it was from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Praise the Lord. And, and and the understanding that a lot of people will have is all these preachers that are always talking that the day of Christ is at hand, you got to be careful with those people. And, and then they take the word and they tell the people, don't don't listen to those that are always saying that the coming of the Lord is at hand. You can look at the warning here to be careful with those people. And that's not the understanding that God meant for people to have. The understanding that God, that God wanted people to have is that we need to have peace in the Lord. That we don't seek the peace of the world. We seek the peace of Jesus that comes only from the Lord and not from men. But these people use this verse to tell the churches, the mega churches, and, and the people around and tell them, oh, Lord, be careful with those preachers that said that the coming of the Lord is at hand. Because they're, they're going to confuse your spirit. They're going to trouble you. They're, they're going to have you, they're going to have you wandering nowhere. Okay? And that's, that's not the message. The message is, for us to have peace in the Lord, knowing that the coming of the Lord is at hand, then we hold on to the Lord. We seek the Lord. We repent daily. We come to the Lord for help, knowing that without Jesus, there's nothing we can do, brothers and sisters. That's what it is. When you see these things coming, we hang on to the Lord even more. Praise you, Lord. And then verse 3 tells you even more clear. Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come unless there come a departure. Another the King James says, falling away. But it's actually the pasture. It is a word for rapture. It's a similar word for rapture. But the pasture, if you take a plane from one country to another or from a state for another, when you go to that room to wait for, for, for your plane to leave, it's called the pasture. The word the pasture comes from that original English word, old word, to leave or about to leave. So that the pasture is leaving. So that's the room that you need to go to wait for your plane. It comes from that old English word, the pastor, brothers and sisters. If, if you go to one of the waiting rooms and it says falling away, you're not going to get on that plane because you, you know it means falling away. It's falling down. The plane is going to fall. You go to the, the pastor about to leave, to leave. Praise your Lord. So please don't let no one confuse you. Confusion with their human understanding. Hallelujah. Trusting on their own understanding because that is what's leading a lot of people away from Christ. A lot of people away from the truth. Gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be careful, brothers and sisters. If you're not sure about something, then take it in prayer. Commit your life to fasting and prayer before the Lord and get into the Word, and the Lord will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you to all truth. He will let you know what is of God and what is not of God, because everything that is of God is clear. There's no confusion in God. Confusion doesn't come from God, brothers and sisters. So please don't be confused. If you don't understand a word as God. Ask God for wisdom, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Ask God for wisdom. Again, verse 3 there in Second Thessalonians 2, And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That is a clear revelation 
of Revelation 13, the beast, hallelujah, the beast that the dragon gives all his power to. And all this event, it will be an event that will happen during the seven years tribulation. This is not going to happen before. God can reveal us through dream and revelation the beast who the man is right now, brothers and sisters. But praise you, Lord, the revelation of the beast that will be revealed will happen in the great tribulation, not before, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So be careful, please. If you don't understand something, if you don't understand something, don't preach it. The problem with people is that they read something in the Word they don't understand, and they go ahead and preach it. No, 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 no. If you don't understand something, don't preach it. Don't preach it to nobody. Don't you be a tool of confusion for no one's life. Remember that God's going to call us into account one day, okay? And you don't want to be called into an account for preaching you something you did not understand and confusing the light of the life of someone else. No. If we don't understand something, we have the Lord to lead us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us to all truth. Brothers and sisters, praise your Lord. If you don't understand it, please be careful because when God calls you into an account, shalom, Sister Renee. It's, 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 hallelujah. You will be before God, you yourself, standing before Father, and you're going to have to give him an account. For, for what you have done, if you confuse someone. We're not here for that. I told people right from the beginning, I'm not here to confuse you. I'm here to, com- to, to share with you what Jesus has revealed to me over the years, that Jesus came to me one time and told me to lead his people to share his word because he will use them to bring them in the rapture, to bring people in the rapture. And that's my hope, that more people are brought up in the rapture. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, going back to Luke twenty-two thirty-two. Verily I said unto you, the Lord Jesus speaking, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Now, a lot of people since the 50s have, have been calling themselves the, the, the generation that will be going home in the rapture. Praise your Lord. I will say yes, hallelujah, but it don't mean that people will remain alive. And I tell you why, because the dead in Christ will be risen first. So they will be, they can be either dead in Christ, or they can be those that remain alive that will be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the cloud. Hallelujah! First Thessalonians four sixteen and on. So you can you can either be both. Now in this great tsunami that the Lord showed me yesterday morning, that's going to hit the eastern part of the United States from Florida all the way to Maine, brothers and sisters, where it seems to me like millions are going to lose their life very clearly. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God have mercy. God, may God have mercy. Hallelujah. That's why I have to come on today and share God's word, because what is about to transpire, what is about to come, we have to announce it. We have to raise our shofar. We have to raise our voice as a warning to the nation for people to know and understand that God's judgment is about to fall on the land. It's about to come. Hallelujah, that, some, hallelujah, that many lives may repent, that many will turn back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord, and will repent. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Gino, in my revelation yesterday morning, Brother Gino, hallelujah, came from, uh, hallelujah, Greenboro, North, North Carolina, up to Asheville, or up to the southern part of Asheville, North Carolina, right here where we are. We are in the west part of Asheville, North Carolina. And Brother Gino came out from Greenboro, North Carolina, 
And he practically came up with his wife, his, his daughter and son walking, walking up here. And he said, Brother Elvie, we need your help. We need you and your family to come down and help some of the family that we know that are, that after, it was after the tsunami. I saw all the damage that the tsunami had caused. It came up here to the mountain, got to a certain level of the mountain. It did not, it did not hit Asheville, brothers and sisters. It did not hit Asheville. Hallelujah. But all the houses after down to Greenboro, hallelujah, Charlotte, North Carolina were gone. They were gone. Very few were standing in Greenboro. But hallelujah, Charlotte, North Carolina, part that are closer to the sea, hallelujah, was a thousand waste tsunami were, were gone. They were gone. And he was telling me, Brother Elvi, we barely made it. Our home barely stood. But everything else, we, we barely, hallelujah, we barely made it out of our house. We lost everything we had, and we came up here, Brother Elvie, because we need your help. There are other families stranded out in all the mud. And, and I said, Brother, I don't know how far we can make it in my truck down there. Let me tell you that I have a, a Nisa Titan truck that Jesus has given me. And I wanted to trade a truck, maybe get something better. It's a 2008 truck. Jesus told me, Jesus came to me one time last year, no, a little bit over two years ago, and says to me, brothers and sisters, not to sell this truck. This truck belonged to a Christian man of, of the Lord. And the Lord made it possible for me to get this truck. He made it possible. I had no idea, but it was all the Lord. And Jesus spoke to me. Jesus was standing to me in a vision of the Lord. And Jesus specifically, brothers and sisters, came to, to talk to me about this truck over two years two, two, two year and three months ago and told me not to sell this truck, not to sell it. Hallelujah. Because he said, I would need it to help others, he said. I would need it to help others. And then he began to show me the, the destruction that will come upon this land at the eastern part that comes from Florida all the way to Maine how this part will be affected so highly that I will have to move in the truck and get some, some of his people, help some of his people, brothers and sisters. So I said, okay, Lord, hallelujah, I won't do it. I won't do it. People in Maryland and Washington, D.C. are in great danger. I hope God is speaking to them to get out. People in New Jersey, people in the lower Manhattan are in great danger. I, I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. You are in great danger. People in Florida are in great danger. I don't know how far up Florida state will this thousand-way tsunami will come, but I believe most of all Florida is going to come under this great tsunami. Unless you are ready to die and go home with Jesus. I'm going to tell you this. Unless the Lord has told you to stay right where you are and you're ready to die and go home with the Lord, you stay where you are. If the Lord has told you to stay. But if not, if the Lord has told you to move and leave, you gotta leave. You got to move. You got to move. I am very serious. The Lord is very serious. What he showed me yesterday morning was an answer to prayer. He was asking the Lord to please give me a confirmation of what he had told me that we the bride was gonna see this before we go home. And the confirmation was very clear. I had a clear understanding. This is why I have to be careful what other people are saying. And the Lord 
is not disagreeing with what he has said through Winds of Prophecy, Healer 7, and many others. None of our words contradict each other. They are the same word of the judgment that is about to begin. For there are a few that disagree with us, and I will urge you to be careful. Pray and fast before you tell people that the bride of Christ is not going to see no signs before it gets taken home. Because I tell you this, you are misleading God's children, and you're going to have to answer to the Lord. The Lord Jesus loves his people. And while to them that will make one of his little ones fall, don't tell people something you're not sure about it. Pray about it. Pray and seek the Lord. I tell you this, don't play with nobody's salvation. This is a warning. Don't play with other people's salvation. You need to make sure from the Lord that you are hearing from the Lord before you warn anyone. If you're not sure, don't warn them until you hear the Lord gives you, gives, to give you a confirmation. Very important. Thank you, Lord. I fear for those that are misleading God's people. But praise God that God has his people, hallelujah, his prophet leading his people, and they are speaking his word. Thank you, Lord. So in this mighty tsunami that I saw yesterday, that all those people have lost their life and those homes were not able to stand. I mean, think about it. What logic. How can anyone swim, swim in over 100 feet of water? And the water moving at a speed that you have no control of it. Even in a boat will be impossible. So you you got to think, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, you got to really think with logic. Just 100 feet of water moving in a fast pace, in a fast speed, where you have no control, your life is a 99, chances of you living are 99.999%. .99%. Only by a miracle of God will you live. Imagine the rest of these people that are overweight and don't know how to swim. And I'm sorry that I had to say it this way, but I have to bring some logic into people just so they can have a, a, an understanding of what God is saying to us, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. And, and so we, we got in our truck, and we could only drive so far. The rest was marked that will go uh, beyond your, 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 under your waist. The mud was high in some part. The road was damaged. We, we could not move. So we had to walk for a few miles, and then we were so tired, brothers and sisters, that we stopped to, to stay there for the rest of the night. Hallelujah. And, and it was terrible. I tell you, it was terrible to walk in the mud. We were so tired. And, and I was like, I don't know how much we can help these people. I've been talking about this with Brother Ben, how much we can help these people. God uh, may want us to help them. And because the Lord has told this to me before, uh, and, and, and he would want us to help us, but Brother Ben is telling me, Brother Elvie, we, we have to let the water settle. We have to let the water settle down, and then we can go ahead and decide to go help these people. Because we're not, we don't have a helicopter. We're really not in condition to go out and help people uh, the way we should, like FEMA and all the other, other people. So is the government going to be struggling themselves, and they're not going to be able to help our people? How can we, in the condition we're on, hallelujah, with a limited supply we have, we're going to help these people? And so I got to be clear with you, brothers and sisters. If you are in the way of this tsunami, you, you, you got to make your peace with God. You, you got to be walking very tight with the Lord right now, very close with the Lord. Because if you die, you'll go home with the Lord. 
Now, the Lord gave out a word. I don't know if it was Healer 7 or Winds of Prophecy, that he will be taking some of his children home early. Some of his children home early. That means that there will be many dying, many dying in this tsunami that are Christian, that I will be going home with the Lord. Remember the word of the Lord. I, I don't want you to be afraid. What I want you to be is entrusting the Lord. That's what I want you to do. I want you to trust Jesus, okay, that, yes, the Lord is giving out this warning, but you got to put your trust in the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Remember the word of the Lord to the, to the prophet, to the apostle Paul in 1, 1 Thessalonians 4.14. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, will God bring with him those also who sleep in Jesus. So, whether we live or die, we are of the Lord, the Bible says. Whether you, you sleep in the Lord, whether the Lord takes you home early in this mighty tsunami that is coming, okay, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God taking you home early. Just have the peace of the Lord. Tell the Lord to give you his peace. For you to have peace to go home early if you are in the way of this tsunami. Hallelujah. Not one hair of us is the title of this message will perish. Okay, but that shall not a hair of your head perish. Not one hair will perish. I want to tell you ahead of time before I continue to share about the tsunami that this is not about fear. This is not about me bringing fear into your life. This is about me sharing what the Lord God Almighty is revealing to me to share with his people. Praise the Lord that they need to be warned. They need to be warned that these things are about to happen and that we need to be ready. We need to be ready with the Lord, that whether we live or die, we will be with the Lord. This is what's important, that if you die in the tsunami, you will be with the Lord. You will go to heaven. You will sleep in Jesus. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. You just need to be close with the Lord. It's what I meant to say to you. Don't let fear get the whole best part of you. Verse 15. For then we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not proceed to those that are asleep. There are people that will not sleep, okay, that will remain alive. The Lord will keep them alive because he has a purpose with us. He's keeping me alive. He brought me up here to the mountain to be safe and protected, brothers and sisters, to be safe and protected. Up here in the mountain, brothers and sisters, from this tsunami that the Lord knew for a long time that it was coming, brothers and sisters. So what I want to say to you is you may not remain alone until Jesus comes. You may probably go home before. Yes, but don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. This is very important. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You who die first, you who go home with the Lord first, I want to tell you this. I don't want to stop to answer questions right now. I'm so sorry, but I'm focusing on what the Lord revealed to me yesterday morning. This is very important that I share this message. I cannot stop now and answer questions. Please, 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 please. This is very important that I keep sharing. I don't want to forget anything about what the Lord showed me yesterday morning. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God, because this is a message from God to his people. Praise the Lord. I don't want to miss this. And for the Lord himself to descend from heaven with a shout and with a voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. If you die first, if you die in the tsunami, you will be first. Okay? 
you will be first. We will have to wait for you to be right first in, in the day of the rapture. Although everything will happen within less than a second for sure, but you will be right first. You will have the advantage if you want to see it that way. Okay, so for you to not to have fear, for you to have joy in the Lord. I thank you, Lord. Verse 17, then we, those that are still that are alive, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, in the air and so she will, excuse <coughs> me, and so she will ever be with the Lord. Very important. Very, very important. Thank you, Lord. This, this is a message that comes with a conquering message altogether because there will be many Christians dying in this tsunami. Many will be dying in this tsunami. tsunami. And I know because God has spoken about, uh, hallelujah, taking some of his children home early. Some of his children home early. That means some will be going home in the tsunami, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. I don't know how many of you are, but you need to pray. You need to stay close with the Lord. If you are taken home early, hallelujah. If you are in the way, if you are in the way of those wave tsunami, you can only survive by a miracle. That means you're going home back. You're going home early. Praise you, Lord. You will be resurrected early than, than us, too. You, you will get a great privilege in the Lord. Those that are die, those that die, murder in the Lord. You don't need to be afraid. Of, oh, someone was writing an email saying, oh, Brother Elvi, in India, they're killing the Christian. Let me tell you, those that have died in Christ has a greater privilege than you and I. Have more joy than you and I. They got more joy than you and I. They, they, they know exactly what they were doing. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. They know exactly what they were doing. When they, when they went out to, pre, to preach the gospel in India, and they got murdered for the Lord. And they, were, they are right now in the presence of the Lord with more joy than what you can ever think. They, they, they have no worry. They have no concern. The only those that stay behind are full of worry and concern. And give them to Jesus. Repent. Repent. Don't worry for those that are dead. Don't worry for those that pass to the other side with the Lord who are in his presence. Because they are secure with God. No one, they cannot touch them again. They cannot touch them again. And they will be resurrected first. So worry about your family. The Lord told this to me uh, last year. He says, my son, pray more for your family. You and your family that will escape. Because sometimes we worry about things that are not in our control. God is in control of all. God, Father, told me this last week. He says, I'm in control of everything, he says. And so that's what we need to understand. He's in control. We're not in control of no one's life. We're not in control of those that die for Jesus. No. We can pray for their family, for God to give them strength, for God to comfort them. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord, but don't worry for those that are dying for Christ because they know exactly what they're doing. Praise the Lord. Just pray for the family. Then we who are alive and remain should be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. There will be a great meeting in the air. When they will meet the Lord in the air, we will meet the Lord in the air, but those that died in Christ will be resurrected first. So there's going to be such a great meeting we're going to have with the Lord. Such a great time we're going to have with the Lord. We're going to really enjoy the presence of God in our life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So don't be worried. Don't be concerned. Back to Luke um, 21, 32. Barely I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all is fulfilled. Verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, 
but my word shall not pass away. God has told us from the beginning that heaven and earth will pass away. This heaven and earth, why is it going to pass away? Because this heaven and earth, and remember, I'm almost done with Revelation 22. I'm going back to Genesis. I'm going to explain to you these things that a lot of people uh, uh, miss to understand. That heaven and earth is going to pass away. Okay, because God said it's going to pass away. They're going to be destroyed. And what's going to be left is word in the millennium. We're going to be reading his Bible in the millennium. Those that are with Christ will be in heaven, and we will come down to the new earth, new millennium with Christ, a thousand years. So the, the Bible will remain. The only thing that will not remain on this earth for those seven years are going to be men and beasts. And, and all creation is going to be destroyed. The element will melt, says the, the apostle Peter. So what, what will stand? Nothing. Nothing is going to be standing. Because all is going to perish. It's all going to be destroyed, brothers and sisters. That's what we need to understand. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Hallelujah. God said it's going to pass away. God says it's not going to remain because he's going to make them new again. Praise you, Lord. So we'll look forward, says the Bible, to the new heaven and the new earth, in case you're wondering. That's what we're looking forward. I don't know what you're looking forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you're looking forward, but the Bible said, Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to read it to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is heaven. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. Hallelujah. God, hallelujah. He says, hallelujah. Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create a new heaven and new earth. The former things shall not remember nor come to mind. God wants all this, all life, the seven-year tribulation, to be forgotten. This life, this present life, the seven-year tribulation are going to be forgotten. It's not even going to come to mind. I've seen people, uh, as I've been taken to the millennium, that they don't have this stuff in their mind. I have it, but not they. And very clear, God's word is, is 100% hallelujah accurate. Isaiah 66, 22, for us, the new heaven and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord. So shall you see in your name remain. Hallelujah. I don't know what your name is. But God, if you're serving God, your name will remain, and so shall your seed or your, your descendants, your sons and daughters. That's very important, very, very important that they remain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, so much. Hallelujah. And then Jesus said in, uh, in 2 Peter 3.13, this is the one I, I was talking about earlier. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heaven and new earth where by the dwell the righteousness, the righteous or the righteousness. Hallelujah. The God's people are gonna dwell. But we look forward to this. We look forward. Hallelujah. Look for a new heaven. We're looking for this. This is what we need to be looking for. I remember when Jesus says to me, Hallelujah, a few months ago, he said, Tell uh, tell them about the millennium. Tell them about the millennium, Jesus says to me. Very clear, praise the Lord. And that's why I keep talking about the millennium, because Jesus told me to tell you about the millennium. Hallelujah. The thousand-year the thousand year reign with Christ. That's what we're looking for. Praise your Lord. Now, going back to yesterday's revelation from the Lord, I thought we were walking in a mud, mud hallelujah, and we, 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 we were, I was sitting down because I was so tired. We are walking in that revelation, and we were helping these people, getting them out of the mud, and um, when you don't have enough water to clean them, it, it was it was a mess. You can imagine the mess. 
but we were helping children and family that were still alive, that were coming out of the mud, that were able to survive the, the, the great tsunami. Brothers and sisters, probably how their home was destroyed. They had no extra clothing. We were cleaning the, the mud out of people, clothing, but then we, don't have, we didn't have no much other clothing to put on them so they can change. But you're not going to have people, teenagers, walk around naked either, or men or women. You're going to have to just clean them as much as you can and out of the face of their eyes so they can breathe and, and then just walk with them where you can find water and have them clean up. But when, when you have such an emergency like this, where all your water supplies is, is, is not in service, your electricity is gone, you, you know, you immediately began if, I mean, you, you began to think if you had this, if you had that. So, brothers and sisters, we just need to prepare is what I'm saying to you. We need to prepare, hallelujah, to help other people. And that's basically what the Lord has been talking to me about more lately, to help other people. Be in position. Uh, we need to be in position that we can help other people. I don't know how much other people I can help. Uh, I don't know if the full supply we have will be enough to help other people. But if you find yourself in this situation, don't be mad at me. Don't get mad at me, angry at us, that we're not able to get to you. Remember that we have limited resources, but we can always pray for you. Resources and material stuff and money. But we can pray for you that the Lord will help. You need to trust in the Lord. Don't get angry at your brothers and sisters because we're not able to get where you, to where you are, and we're not able to supply with what you need. I am warning people that you need to have your own supply, and you need to get away from the weight of this, this tsunami. The Lord has eagerly, has repeatedly told Brother Ephraim that this stone to hit the earth is close, is close, is closer than ever, than ever. And he even said that NASA is hiding this from God's people or from the people. They are hiding this stuff. NASA can see this, this meteor going around the earth around in space about to hit the earth, and they are afraid, but they don't care how many will die, is what he's saying. So please pray. Please seek the Lord. Someone saw the Lord sitting on this meteor, and the Lord said to this person, I'm in control of this. I say when this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. See, this is a matter of this. This is a matter of the word that is going to happen. When it's going to happen we are closer than ever for this to happen. Now, are we ready? The, this is the question. Are you ready with the Lord? Are you repenting? Are you seeking the Lord daily? Is your life ready? Are you ready to die if you are in the way of this? Are you ready to go home? Those are the questions that God wants us to ask ourselves. He gave me in that revelation for me to see that basically from Florida to Maine, Everything was on the mud, brothers and sisters. And almost all the home people was telling me, as we were encountered those, some of the survivors, very few of them, they were telling me, oh, everything is destroyed. All the homes are destroyed. Really nothing is standing, people were telling me, as they were coming down from these uh, mostly destroyed places, brothers and sisters, closer here to Asheville. As we were coming down from the mountain, we were encountering these people that were coming up, telling us how bad it was. How rarely anyone, hallelujah, out of all this million, barely anyone escaped. And we were going down to see uh, who else was alive that we can help, that we could help. But I was warning them that we could not get down on the truck because mud, the truck cannot drive in mud anyway. Everybody knows that. And if 
some of the highways are huge crack in it, like we were seeing. My truck was not going to be able to get through that. So we could only drive so far and then try to get the people in there. Hallelujah. That we were brought up to the, up to the mountain and drive them into Asheville, drive them up here as far as we could and, and then give them some food and, and give them some clothing. And we're going to have to share our clothing, brothers and sisters. We're going to have to share our clothing. It's what I saw. So clothing, food, water, whatever we have for emergency, we're going to have to share. And that's what the Lord's been telling me lately, that this is what people don't understand. Hallelujah. Whatever whatever you have, you're going to have to share with others. Are you ready for that? It's the question. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Are you ready? Now, why are so many people, I want you to think about this. Why is God showing people, so many people lately across the nation and the world, that this tsunami, this large tsunami that is going to hit, hit the eastern part of New Jersey, is about to come or is about to hit? What's about to happen? Why is he showing them this? Hallelujah. Because God doesn't do anything before then before revealing it to his, his servant, the prophet, the Bible says. He is revealing it to us, for us to warn people, and then he'll make it happen. And when it does happen, the country is in trouble. I got to tell you, the country is going to be in a major, major trouble, brothers and sisters, major. Hallelujah. Because it's going to take years for this nation to recover. Remember that this nation will not have Florida, will not have Georgia, part of Georgia, will not have Maryland, Washington, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, hallelujah. So many other states, Virginia, West Virginia, all these, all these parts, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, part of New Hampshire, it's all going to be damaged. With so much damage, it's going to take them years to recover. Years. Years to recover. And by the time they're recovering, they're already in the Great Tribulation. So, you know, God is letting us know that this is the end. There's no escape in this. This, this is the word that he's spoken to the prophet. Now, let me go back in, into when I said the prophet. So you see, brothers and sisters, we go back to Genesis 13. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh shall come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God began to speak about destruction because of violence, because of sin. Earth being filled with violence of flesh. How they have corrected themselves. In the moment you see people correcting themselves, abortion, homosexual, lesbian sin, and all this garbage that Sodom and Gomorrah were full of it and God destroyed them. I mean, this is all from the beginning, brothers and sisters. These sins were in the beginning of the city that God destroyed. So why would God spare this nation when they follow this sin? Think about it. Why would God, if God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, they had all these homosexuals and all these abortions and all this stuff, why do you think that God's going to spare this nation now? He's not going to spare this nation because they're doing the same thing that Sodom and Gomorrah did. Genesis 6, 17, Behold, I even, I will bring the flood upon the water on earth to destroy all flesh where there is bread or life from the, under the heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. Dead. Hallelujah. Dead is the solution for the sin, for the sin of homosexual, lesbian, and, and, and killing those innocent babies. That is the only solution. Why? Because there's a demonic forces behind all this evil. 
And men have opened the door to them. And the only one that can end them, that can put an end to the evil, hallelujah, in people's life is God. Father is the only one that can do this. So he's going to end us, these lives that have corrupted themselves. Hallelujah. They have to come up. They have become a vessel for these demons. Destroy them. And then the demon will have to go to hell. They will have no place anymore, brothers and sisters. That's what God is telling us. Look what they did. Look what I have to do. And look what people are doing now. And look what I'm not going to have to do. Genesis 9-11. I will establish my covenant with you. Talking to no one. Neither, hallelujah, neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the water of the flood. Neither shall there be any more flood to destroy the earth. Now look what God is saying. God in the beginning destroyed them all with the flood. But God said he's not going to do it anymore. He's not going to destroy all the earth. But he's going to destroy part of the earth. So I have to have a better understanding. He's not going to destroy all the earth, but he's going to destroy part of it with the flood. Because we have seen earthquakes that kill a lot of people. We have seen tsunami. Hallelujah. Destroy over uh, uh, Indonesia. Was it Indonesia? No. I believe it was Indonesia. Over, uh, over 100,000 people a few years ago. We've seen a tsunami. And the one in Japan killed a, a few thousands also. So... We've seen that God is still in the judgment, the water, to destroy thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. So it's still happening. Not the whole earth, country, that are, that are full of these sin. God is putting an end to them. That's what God is doing. That's what God is going to do again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Genesis 9:15. I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and water should no more become a flock, to destroy all flesh. You see, he's not going to destroy all flesh. But he will destroy part of them. He's not going to destroy them all. It's not going to happen like in the times of Noah anymore. Not going to happen that way. But we can see, hallelujah, hundreds of thousands of people die in one night or one morning by a tsunami or an earthquake. We have seen that in over the years. So God's judgment is coming down, but not us in the times of Noah 100%. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But the warning of God that he's going to bring, hallelujah, destruction is there. Genesis 18:28. Abraham said, there shall be a lack of five or, or 20 righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for the lack of the five? He said, if I find there are 40 and five, I will now destroy it. Now look what God is saying again. If I find 40 and five there, I will not destroy it. Not all the city. The question of Abraham is, Hallelujah. Would thou destroy all the city for the lack of the five? No, he's not going to destroy all the city. But because in Sodom and Gomorrah, there was only Lot, his wife and his daughter, his wife also died. So his and his two daughters, three, there were not even five. God destroyed the whole city. Brothers and sisters, the time for Lot. God destroyed the whole city. There was not five righteous. There was not ten righteous. There was only three that God spared. And the only righteous that counts of righteous there was Lot, was Lot. The daughter was saved because they were at the seed of Lot. And God said he will save the seed of them too, of the righteous. That, that was under a promise. But the only righteous was Lot. There was only one righteous man there, brothers and sisters. And this is the problem. Are these states get polluted with sin, homosexual sin and lesbian and, all, and much more. They all come under the judgment, and because God doesn't find five or ten righteous in the city, he began to destroy them. That's why Florida and all these cities are under great judgment right now. 
And God has said, well, I'm going to take my saint out of it. It's what God has said this last week to the prophet. I'm going to take some of my saints out of there. In other words, they will die in the tsunami. I'll take them home. But the rest will be destroyed. The rest will be destroyed in Florida, Georgia, Maryland, Washington, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts. They're not going to escape. They're not going to escape. Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia. All these states are in a great danger. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. Instead of people being preaching the gospel where all this great danger is, you got more people backsliding. And that, that makes the, judge, the, judge, the judgment even harder. And this is where everything is. Under judgment, under the judgment of God right now. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Exodus 23, 27. I will send my fear before thee, and I will destroy all the people whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thy enemy turn their back unto thee. Praise the Lord. God will fight for us. If we repent, if we turn back to God, God will fight for us. But the problem is when people refuse to repent, this is the danger that the nations are falling under. They are refusing to repent, so they leave in God with no choice to destroy them. This is the problem. If people refuse to repent, God will have no choice but to destroy them also, brothers and sisters. Repenting is, is a gift from God for us to, hallelujah, to take that gift. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Leviticus 6, 44, 26, 44. For that when they are in the land of their enemy, I will not cast them away neither. Where I heard them to destroy them early, to break my covenant with them. For I am the Lord thy God. God will protect us as long as we keep his commandment. And the moment we refuse, and the moment we turn away and break his commandment, oh man, God have mercy. Number 32, 15. For if ye turn away from, from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all the people. God can give us a way of escaping our enemy as long as we are in obedience. But when we get into disobedience, brothers and sisters, we leave an open door to our enemy. Number 3352. Then you should drive out all the inhabitants in other land for you and destroy all, the, all their idols and destroy all their molten image, hallelujah, and quite plug them all from the, all the high places, God said to, to his people. So they have the order from God. This is what I want you to do. If you remove their, if you remove their idols from among you, if you destroy them, hallelujah, God says he will be with us, he will be our God, and he will fight for us. But look, when people refuse to do that, when people refuse, to, hallelujah, and people say, well, I can go to, I'm a, as a Christian, I can go to the Mormon church. I can go to the Catholic church and sit there and listen to the service. And that will not contaminate me. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It will contaminate you. You will open yourself to be, the, to, to be attacked by demons in those places, brothers and sisters. You cannot sit there for hours and listen to false teaching and think that you're not going to be affected. Yes, you will be affected. God told them to destroy their enemy gods, their enemy idol, not to listen to their belief, God told them. Don't listen to their teaching. Don't listen to their belief. Don't listen to them about their God. But a lot of Christians think that it's okay to listen, to sit down in, uh, in, in the Mormon church, in the Catholic church, and all these other churches with false teaching, 
and listen to their false teaching that is not going to contaminate them. That is a lie. It will contaminate you. You and I need to stay away from the false teaching. That's why God is telling us it is false teaching. It is to false God. Brothers and sisters, that's what it is. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How much of them is contaminated? Let me tell you how much it is. Deuteronomy 2.34. And we took all the city at that time and utterly destroyed the men, the women, and the little ones of every city. We left none to remain. Oh, this sounds harsh. This sounds like the most horrible thing God told the people to do. You need to understand how much contamination, how much the devil will contaminate people, brothers and sisters, so deep into their life with his false teaching. Hallelujah. That they will contaminate you so much that they will turn you away to serve other gods. Didn't they not confuse Solomon so much, a man with such a great wisdom, to worship other gods? Solomon worshiped other gods, brothers and sisters, because he listened to the teaching of that other woman. Listen to the teaching about her God and got to the point where he ended up worshiping them. And a lot of the Jewish people did this also. And God is warning you and I, you, me and I, don't listen to the teaching. Don't receive it. Don't sit there for hours because you're going to end up worshiping the God. You're going to end up like Solomon, worshiping the God. We need to be very careful, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because the Lord it will turn God very angry if we sit there and contaminate ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to this now. Deuteronomy 28:45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearken not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandment, his statute, which he commanded thee. So God is saying, look, I already told you what I want you to do. If you refuse to keep my commandment, this is what I'm going to do to you. Brothers and sisters, when God gets angry, God have mercy. When God gets angry, Brother Larry says, Father, Father, come down. You're going to have a heart attack. And Father says, my son, my son, I'm God. I don't get a heart attack. Praise the Lord. When God was talking to him so angry, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm going to do to these people, God was saying? They're going to wish they were never been born. And I heard, Father, oh, when he gets angry. I have heard him a few times. Oh, my God, when he gets angry. When Father gets angry, especially when people refuse to listen. When we refuse to listen, he gets so angry. Hallelujah. And this, that's one of his words. They're going to wish they were never been born. Praise you, Lord. God have mercy. And this, this is where we are practically right now, the nation, this nation. This nation where we are, the United States, is in great danger with God. They're they're not going to know what hit them. Tell you right now, God is so angry, they're not going to know what hit them. By the time they realize what hit them, they're going to say, oh, God, what have we done? Because it's it's, it's the way we live, it's the way we act, it's the way we break his commandment that get him angry. It's the way... We break his commandment. That makes God so angry. And he warned the Jewish people, you do this, this is what I'm going to do to you. You're going to be a curse whenever you go. The land is going to be cursed because of you. Why is the land of the United States, of the eastern part of the United States, become so cursed? Because they, most of the people are breaking God's commandment. So the land has become cursed. So it becomes cursed now. It has to be destroyed in order for people 
to understand and realize that God is serious. God is serious. God is very serious. Very, very serious. And his warnings are going out before the judgment come. Before the judgment come, hallelujah, they're going out. Praise you, Lord. I, I complain sometimes of being tired and not being able to, hallelujah, go out and preach much more. But he, he's given me the strength to do it. Giving me the strength. He wants his word out. He wants his message out. Not the message out. I'm not afraid to speak the message. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Deuteronomy 28, 48. Therefore shall thou serve thy enemy, whom the Lord shall send against thee. And hunger, hallelujah. What enemy is God sending against the U.S.? Believe it or not, Russia and China, hallelujah, are not so much friends of the United States. And if they can bomb this nation, they're going to bomb them. We've seen, I've seen a revelation where missile for North Korea hit this land. They hit this land. God showed me North Korea has missiles that the United States, the CIA, and the FBI are not aware they have these missiles. They have worked on these missiles 24 hours, 365 days a year for over 30 years. Have taken them with the, with the best mind, the best mind the world has ever seen, has been developing this missile. They're so far ahead that this country don't know about these missiles. But when they press a red button, I'm sorry, that, that green button, it's going to go out, and it's going to do so much destruction here that I saw people in the relation of the Lord. How come we were not aware that, that North Korea had this technology? Well, and look at Trump and the people threatening North Korea. They not even know what they're getting into. People are so prideful in this nation that they don't even know what they're getting themselves to. They don't even know if China is with this nation or with them. And most likely with them. Russia most likely with them. And they're still pressuring North Korea. People in South Korea, I will warn you, pray and fast. Fast and pray. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord for your life because God has said he's going to take some of his saints early. That means, hallelujah, the missiles are going to fly from north to south like there's no tomorrow. So people in South Korea need to pray, need to fast, need to seek God. Don't think that your protector is the United States. Your protector is not the United States. Your protector is Jehovah God Almighty. That's your protector. Hallelujah. Your protector is Jehovah God, Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. South Korea is your protector. Don't think your protector is the United States. That's a mistake. Trust in the Lord, your God, with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. There are ways that seem right to men, but it will lead to that. Don't trust a man. Hallelujah. It is better to trust in the Lord than to trust in men. It's in your Bible. Be careful, brothers and sisters from South Korea. Be careful. Hallelujah. Your protector is not the United States. Your protector is God Almighty. Hallelujah. He will protect you. He will deliver you. And if you die, you'll go home with him. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Praise you, God. The nations, hallelujah, need to put their trust in the Lord because he will deliver us. Hallelujah. From our strong enemy. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. When a nation is contaminated, everything in the nation, including the animals, gets contaminated. Look at in Joshua 6.21. They utterly destroyed all that that was in the city, both men and women, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. 
everything becomes contaminated. How much of the northeast of the United States contaminated right now? Everything is contaminated. The food, the land, the people, the animals, everything. Hallelujah. That are under the disobedient, sinful, unrepentant, sinful men and women. Children, they all. And this tsunami yesterday, and this large tsunami that happened yesterday, all the children and men and all, they all got killed by the tsunami. None of them escaped, the beast, the animal. They all got killed in the eastern part of the United States. None of them escaped. There's, there's a lot of hallelujah, farming in, in, in Virginia and Georgia that I've seen as I drive through. All that's going to be destroyed. All that is contaminated. Food has become demonically uh, contaminated. Hallelujah. All this lab contamination that they put on food. Hallelujah. They put an animal. They put on chicken. They put on everything that people eat. All that God is going to destroy. If you want to raise chicken, your own chicken, and eat it later after that, you could. But now God's going to destroy all that. All that food supply is going to be gone. Be under the sea. Sharks and, and, and fish are going to eat it. They're going to eat all that stuff, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. All the humans are going to be eaten by sharks and all of that, too. They're not going to escape. All their bodies will be eaten by sharks, fish, and all that. That's what God showed me yesterday morning. Nothing will escape. The whole land is going to be cleansed from this, all this evil because everything is contaminated. God is angry. God is angry. You don't want to fall into the hand of an angry God. Uh-uh. You do not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. When we get into disobedience, hallelujah, when we get into disobedience, we can begin to lose the body of Christ. Joshua 7, 7. And Joshua said, all us, Elas, O Lord God, why hast thou at all brought this people over the Jordan? In other words, God, you save us, you deliver us, you brought us here to deliver us into the hand of the Amorite, to destroy us. Would to God we have been content and dwell on the other side of the Jordan. So Joshua is praying. Joshua is calling unto God and saying, Oh God, why have all this happened to us? Hallelujah. Why have all this happened to us, oh God? Joshua is crying before God. It's a righteous prayer he's doing before God. But why, why are the evil into the people? Because of disobedience. One man disobedient contaminated the, the rest of the people. We have to, you have to be careful with the teaching of one man, one woman. Hallelujah, because it can bring you into disobedience. And there are people right now teaching the word of God that are leading people into disobedience. They are, especially those that are teaching against the rapture. How do you think the Lord feels when a, a, a pastor, a teacher goes on the pulpit or on television, CNN, CBN, or whatever, and teaches the nation against the rapture. Oh, my God. Did that make the, the, the Lord angry? Hallelujah. Did that make the Lord ready to vomit them, brothers and sisters, out of his mouth? Because that, that, that is a transgression that people are going to have to answer the Lord. Jesus, I tell you this, the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, is angry at some people also. Praise the Lord. Father God usually gets angry, and the Lord says, Father, have mercy. But the Lord Jesus is angry. How can they do this to his gospel, his holy gospel? How dare they? If they want to play with sin, if they want to play with anything else, go ahead and play. But don't play with the word of God, because that's what they're doing. 
one of the highest sins in the Bible, an abomination is what they call the dead doing before God. One of the highest sins in the Bible for which God will destroy the people and how to destroy the people in the Old Testament. How, how do they think they're going to ask his judgment, his hand, his mighty hand? When he closes the door, no one can open. When he opens the door, no one can close. He's going to be closing a lot of doors very soon. A lot of doors, brothers and sisters. Will be close to a lot of people. For many years, he had closed many doors to their life. He had closed the door of heaven to them, and they're the only place they can go is hell. There are many in hell that the door of heaven will not open to them, brothers and sisters. When he shuts the door, no one can open. No one who will escape his judgment. That's where we are today. A lot of people don't realize how much in danger their own life are. Their life is highly in danger. They don't even realize. Hallelujah. They're walking in, in broken glasses right now. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Then Joshua continued to pray in Joshua 9.24, and they answered and Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told that thy servant, how the Lord that God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land, to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we are so afraid for our life because of you and have done this thing. Oh, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Joshua 10, 28. And, they, and that day, Joshua took Mashkedah and smote with a sword, about the edge of the sword, and the king there and utterly destroyed them all with a sword who were therein. He let none remain, and he did to the king of Mashkedah, and he did unto the king of Jericho. The king thought that maybe pleading to Joshua, or they, they thought they were going to get away. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. And, and Joshua have order from God. The thing is that people don't understand how it works. When God gives the order, hallelujah, everyone in heaven is obedient to God. I tell you right now, it's like in the times of King David, when he saw the angel of the Lord going through the army of Israel and killing them, he began to cry before God. And God has to order the angel to stop. He was slaughtering them. And that's what a lot of people don't understand about God. You, you are, they are messing with a living God. Okay? They are provoking a living God. And when he gives his angel the order, oh, God, have mercy. When he gives his mighty angel his order, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, the angel are going to go. Mercy is of God. The angel just obey orders. When he gives the angel order, go and destroy that part of the land. They're going to come down, and they're going to be destroying it until God says stop. They're not going to stop until Father tells them to stop. They got orders. They're going to have orders from God, and that's what people don't understand. They don't understand how it works. Read your Bible. Go back to the times of David when he saw the angel of the Lord destroying the army of God. And he cried out because of his sin when he come to the people. That God told him not to do. Satan tempted him to do it. And when that angel received the order from God, he went down and he began to kill him. He only stopped when God told him to stop. But by the time God told him to stop, thousands had died. He slaughtered thousands and more. Brothers and sisters, this is just the way it is. They obey orders. We deal with our God. But when God gives the order, oh, man, oh, man, and begins, there's no going back. It's just not going back. And that people think that God, 
you know, read your Bible. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. He has not changed. He, you think that because he died on the cross, he's not going to destroy the nation? What has he been saying in his Bible, in his word? What have he been saying? What have you been teaching? He's going to do it. I remember when I saw that 500 foot coming into New Jersey of water later on. Jesus was in the top of the cloud, on top of the wave. And Jesus said to me, he said, well, they escaped death. He was very angry. I saw his face, very, very angry face. They're not going to escape that, he says to me. And I got to tell you this. Father God gives out that order. He, Jesus is saying, Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. But when Father says, all right, my son, go ahead and finish this. He's going to come down and bring that judgment and the rest of history. The body's going to be eaten by the sharks. I'm telling you this. One of these days, that's going to be a rude awakening to the people. Rude awakening to a few that will be alive and say, what have we done? They're going to put their hand on their head and say, oh, God, what have we done? We did not notice how much evil we have done. Oh, God, they're falling into the hand of a living God. He's not playing around. He's very serious. This is life and death. This is not a joke. Like some people think, hallelujah. God have mercy. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is the time God is calling the nation to repentance. This is the time God says it's better for us to humble ourselves. Hallelujah. He's calling us to humble ourselves. He's been calling us already for years for us to humble ourselves. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and repent and pray, I will hear them from heaven and forgive the land. Hallelujah. Heal their land. But the problem is he's been calling and calling, and people have been hallelujah, not listening. Hallelujah. And that makes it worse. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God have mercy. Hallelujah. God mercy. Have mercy. There's no peace for the wicked. Hallelujah. Psalm 101.8. I will earthly destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the wicked doer from the city of the Lord. That's what God is saying. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. But it's the way it's, it's, they're going to listen. They're going to listen when they see all this judgment come, when they see all the destruction. It's when many are going to open up their eyes and say, what LB was saying was from God, and we disregarded the message. It's what they're going to say. What God has been saying to these many prophets, was from God, and we disregarded the word. It's what they're going to say. Hallelujah. Psalm 118.10, All the nation can pass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Hallelujah. That is Yeshua and his anger. In the name of Jehovah, he's going to destroy them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 143.2, and thy mercy cut off my enemy, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. This David here. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Psalm 145, 145.20, the Lord preserved them that love him. God's been speaking through his prophet that he's going to preserve or keep all them that love him. But listen now. But all the wicked 
will he destroy? God's going to destroy all the wicked. None will remain at the land of the U.S. Some of the state think that because God is destroying the eastern part of the United States that they're going to escape. They are wrong. God will destroy the eastern part of the United States. And that will give the nations and the rest of the people of the United States fear of God to repent and seek God. If they hearken their heart, hallelujah, to the Lord, he will forgive them. But if they hearken their heart not to listen or receive a warning, if they harden their heart not to repent, he will destroy the rest. Hallelujah. He's being merciful to those that are in the mountain, hallelujah, in the eastern part of the United States. I'm sorry, in, in, the, in the western part, although California will be destroyed in Chicago, not much will be left, but at least he'll leave out the state, hallelujah, on their feet. For people that begin to seek God and cry out to God, hallelujah, and come closer to God, and know that if God already destroyed the eastern part, California, and, and, and Chicago, now is the time to seriously seek God and get ready to be raptured. I remember the Lord told me up back in Massachusetts when I saw the destruction that came. I saw people getting on their knees, those that remain alive, crying out to God, knowing that it was the sin. And they knew it was God. The Lord had told me, they will know it's God that done this. They will know it's God. Because it will, it will be done specifically. It will be done when none of those that, that, that the water will run to will escape, none will escape. It will be done suddenly also. Suddenly. Brothers and sisters, we're, get, we're giving out the warning now. But once God's hand comes on, come on, on the land to destroy the land, that's it. There's no going back. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 25, 7, And he will destroy in the mountain the face of the covering cast over all the people and all the veil that is spread over all the nation. The veil that are spread, that are spread over all the nation. What is the, the, the veil? Hallelujah. The veil is evil. See, the same evil happening in the U.S. and in the rest of the nations. The same evil, same evil happening like a veil. That veil, God says, is going to destroy. Destroy the veil. Not going to remain before the Lord. And they put an end to it. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Isaiah 34, 2. For in the end of the nation, the Lord is upon all the nation. For the end of the nation of the Lord, I'm sorry, is upon all the nation. His fury is upon their armies. He had utterly destroyed them. He had delivered them to the slaughter. Hallelujah. He will deliver the nation's army to the slaughter. That's Revelation 19. When the Lord Jesus returned at the end of the seven-year tribulation, he's going to slaughter them, call the birth on the earth to eat them, to eat the flesh of cattle and small and grave. Hallelujah. They have no escape. They have no escape. Hallelujah. They have no escape. I, I say a 65 eight, that say the Lord, and the new wine is found in the cluster of one said, destroy it is not, for a blessing it is in. So will I do for my servant's sake, that I may not destroy them all. God will preserve his servant. 
He will preserve those that are listening. Hallelujah. But the rest, gone. Those that are repenting, those that are seeking him, he will preserve. He will provide. He will give us what we need. But the rest that are refusing, that is the end of that. Hallelujah. That will be the end of that. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 65. Isaiah, praise the Lord, 6525, the wolf and the lamb and the sheep shall feed together. That's in the millennium. The lion shall he draw, uh, will he straw like the boar, and the dust shall be the serpent me. They shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, saith the Lord. That's it. Hallelujah. When that millennium begins, that's it. God, make, God is giving us a promise as they're going into the millennium. Because the enemy will be losing for a short season after he's bound for a thousand years. And then he's going to gather them to go to the holy city. And that holy mountain, God says, there will be no more distraction there. Uh, 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 uh. They're going to compound the city. They're going to come around the whole state of Israel. But that's how far they're going to go into. That's not going to let them come into the mountain. The wolf and the lamb shall fit together. The lion shall be strong like a bullock. The dog shall be the serpent meat. So they shall not hurt nor destroy and know my holy mountain, saith the Lord. That is a promise that we in the millennium will be looking for. When we see the enemy being loosened from his prison for after a thousand years, and we, and we see him going to the four corners of the earth, gathering his own army to come against Jerusalem, we're going to be witnesses looking. We say, well, God said, God said, God said that shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain. We're going to be there standing with the Lord in that mountain. Eh, it's so be so beautiful. And fire comes down from heaven and consume them. God escape. God enemy are not going to escape at all. We God's got promise to us. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Jeremiah 22, 20. Go up and leave and cry. Lift up thy voice and bashan and cry for never ring. For all thy lovers are destroyed. Hallelujah. Put your trust on men. Hallelujah, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be destroyed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Even God will raise the army. God will raise the army against a nation. They, God did not do that to Nebuchadnezzar. Well, look at it. Jeremiah 25, 9. Behold, I will send and take all the family of the north, saith the Lord. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, I will bring them against this land and against the inhabitants thereof and against all the nations round about. And I will early destroy them and make them an astonishment and a hasty and perpetual desolation. Huh. Now more will remain. God's going to do this also. As people refuse to serve God, as nations trust in their army more and reject God's word, hallelujah, refuse to repent, God will raise nation against them, brothers and sisters. That's what this nation is heading right now, the United States. They think they're going to keep destroying other nation with their army? Oh, they're wrong. God is already rising against them. He's already getting other nations ready. Other nations are getting ready. Hallelujah. God have mercy. God have mercy. This is a wonderful land raised by God. Hallelujah. God raised his arm. There's land, and God protected his land. But God has said, enough is enough. They're not going to keep breaking my commandment and getting away with it. Jeremiah 50, 21, go up against the land of Marathon, even against and against the inhabitants in our pockets, waste it and utterly destroy after them, saith the Lord. 
and do according to all that I have commanded thee. When Father gave his command, the rest will be history. The rest will be history. Jeremiah 51, 25. Behold, I am against thee. Hallelujah. And, the, and destroying mountains, saith the Lord, who destroy all the earth, and I will stretch out my hand, hallelujah, my hand upon thee, and roll thee down from the rocks, and I will make thee a burnt mountain. Oh, God have mercy. Hallelujah. The fire of God is going to conceal them. This is why, hallelujah, it will be hard for them to fall into the hand of a living God. Hallelujah. It is a hard thing. It is a thing, hallelujah, I'm told. Sodom and Gomorrah don't, don't have witnesses to tell. Hallelujah. Only the prophet, God's servant, can say what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. But not none of the people escaped. They all got destroyed. They all got consumed by the fire. Brothers and sisters, God will not be mocked. He, he's calling people to repentance. We better repent. We better. Hallelujah. We better. We are better off repenting. Ezekiel 9, 8, And it came to pass while they were slaying, slaying them, and I was left. Then I fell upon my face and cried and said, O Lord God, will thou destroy all the rest of us of Israel, and thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? God was so angry that the prophet himself feared for his own life. Brothers and sisters, God was so angry of the, of the sin of Israel, brothers and sisters, 